da di di da da di 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 da 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 Right. It's, exactly. It's, it's the best songs from every Nintendo game and beyond. Like, yeah. It's hitters on hitters on hitters. Well, there's not. It's, it's more than just Nintendo. Oh right. right. Sure, you, got, you got you got Mega yeah, Man in sure. there. Great mm-hmm. soundtrack there. Yeah. Capcom. Capcom. The Pink Panther. <laughs> hey, quiz me again. Tell me another character. I'll tell you. They I'll gotta you put in from. the Pink Panther. Uh, and then they Sonic. Can use that song. Sonic? Oh, Sonic's obviously Sega. Come on. You think I don't know Sonic? Um, Little Mac. Ooh. 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 He's not Nintendo? Mac. He is. Oh. Oh, like what game? Oh, Punch-Out. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> what is the game here? Because... That, I think isn't we that just the game? Was a Sony well, well, Solid what Snake. Solid we... Snake. But, but I thought Adam was trying I know trying that to... was a Sony exclusive. Uh, I can't remember what the company. It starts with a K, right? Uh, yeah. Konami. Yeah. Is, is it? I actually don't know. Welcome to Is It Whack, your favorite movie podcast about the whackness of movies. Favorite video uh, game podcast. I'm one of your podcast. hosts, Funky. Your favorite video your game. Your favorite gamer podcast. <laughs> Woo! For, for gamers, coming for the hottest gaming news. It's Is It Whack. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Funky. Hello. Um, resident gamer, but no more. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, game, of gamers here. Um, and I'm joined by Adam. I yeah I I wouldn't necessarily call myself a gamer. Uh, I love games, uh, but uh, I feel like I have to play more to be qualified as a as a gamer. Um, I'm sorry, but if you're on this podcast, you're now a gamer. Uh, okay, I'm a I gamer. Don't make the rules. I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer then. So I'm a gamer. I'm happy to gamer be gamer. Adam. We're joined by gamer Seb. I'm resident gamer. <laughs> <laughs> when do they That's get my favorite get? horror? horror video game franchise when they're gonna get the characters from resident gamer in there in smash brothers (laughs) they honestly should put them in we need that more gory uh and gamer luke hey how's it going hello (laughs) How (laughs) how are you doing uh yeah i'm i'm doing good i'm excited to talk about this movie i was especially excited to see that seb gave it not a great rating on letterboxd so that that actually made me more excited to talk about it versus like everyone just kind of liking it and being like ah it's good like you know yeah we'll see plug your stream uh yeah yeah, yeah luke uh, you're, you're or, very fun or stream. do you want us to do you want us to plug do it I for intro? you yeah do i, I, I want to be introduced i want to be introduced okay you. okay hey listen we could talk you up i yeah, I would. Seb, do you actually want to do the intro for this? I, I'm an avid fan of of watching it, but you're also a part of the experience. Yeah, but that's not all to 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 Mr. Luke Mandel here in this corner. Smash <laughs> Smash Champion, Ooh. writer extraordinaire, Ooh. Taekwondo instructor, 
Am I allowed to say that? No <laughs> way. Should I say that on air? <laughs> sure, I don't care. <laughs> Long time friend, one of my closest friends. Insomniac co-founder. Avid yes. jogger. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Avid! Sometime <laughs> bicycler. Longtime roommate, first time a, guest. Or did a triathlon. <laughs> um, really big muscles. Really big muscles. Oh, oh my God. Come on. Uh, what else? Let's Come keep on. this rolling. Let's keep this rolling. <laughs> um, learning cool to hat. drive? Are you learning to drive? Um, I'm sort of on hiatus, but I yeah, I guess I guess on I'm hiatus from learning to drive. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. But we're we're talking about Smash Bros. today. That's right. You're 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 a champion in Smash Bros. Uh, well, I okay. So when did I start playing? I started playing in like 20. I mean, I've been playing Smash my whole life. I will say that yeah. Melee specifically, yes. the the game of focus today uh, was at one point my favorite game when I was like you know, six, seven, eight years old, though I didn't own it. All my friends had it, so I would go to their house and I'd oh. play it. And then I watched this doc in, like, 2015, and it kind of, like, basically I had no idea that there was this huge competitive scene of this game that I used to love, um, but just kind of had forgotten about. And so I kind of went back to Melee and started playing Melee and going to local tournaments. And uh, I have a group of friends that, like, sometimes we'll go to, like, I have one, my old roommate, we went to uh, Detroit. Uh, to go to like a huge tournament there and we're always watching tournaments and always you know uh, playing together and stuff and yeah so I've been I've been like dipping my toes playing at local competitive levels for quite a few years now but I'm but Hell I'm not good yeah I'm not good like I I, I, hey, I would I mean I'm I'm like for you're someone solid. who so if humble. they pick up if they pick up the controller for the first time I'm gonna like absolutely destroy them but like people at my I don't know like the 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 ceiling is so high in melee mm -hmm. like to be the best you know you're at 100 i'm probably to be honest at like a 12 like mm -hmm. that those there are so many steps to get to the top it's it's wild and i think the documentary kind of highlights that in in a That's lot heavy. of ways yeah what's seb at you, what, so what number is seb at if you had to if you had to put a number on for melee yeah uh, point like 11 point, and 11.4 11.9 0.4 0.4 no oh, oh, 0. 0.4 like you're almost at 1 11.4 are you saying that Seb 4. isn't you know what now that I'm getting a bit more of a sense of your attitude 0. 0.3 I think it's 0.3 <laughs> yeah you're saying that Seb doesn't wave dash and elephants oh oh not only does he not he's space <laughs> no no tell me no, what it no. is and I'll do it no uh, wave, wave dash, dash dance. Um, we're talking uh, ledge dashes. You got to work on those. L canceling. Yeah, instead of instead of moving left to right, you should jump and then make your character dodge and hit the stage at a diagonal angle every time you want to move uh, instead of walking. Yeah, you'll like slip um, around. Yeah. So just you do know, that every time, and you're good. <laughs> L cancel. Then you'll be at a ninety. L canceling is that the one where it's like when you get hit, but you're it, it pointed back in the stage, so it's what's that called again? That's that's di. Right? That's di. Oh, di. Okay, that's the that's the thing I know how to do. Do do yeah. How that's how, the thing I'm... how nitty gritty into the like physics of this game do we get? Because like I thought uh, I'm down to go. Dive I'm down too. You're here. I can go as <laughs> yeah. deep yeah. or not deep as you want. We're going deep. I thought l canceling okay, was when you okay. get rejected. 
and so you cancel your social plans. <laughs> I've done that. Hey yo, <laughs> that was a good. That was a good one. Oh, because uh, you um, like you picked up an the... L and then you cancel. Yeah. That's the... oh, okay. Okay. You cancel I'm an L. Master. Okay. I see. I see. Um, yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of like little things that add up to competitive melee. Um, Luke, I a similar story to you. Like I played a lot of melee into brawl like two years before brawl i got super into it and then brawl came out i was like whoa like smash bros amazing yeah. uh and i kept going along with even their newer releases but yeah in like 2012 and 2013 uh i was in high school and i had this friend who was super into playing melee still and i was like dude why are you playing melee like there's newer games since then like what is wrong with you like you're stuck on this one game the graphics aren't as like pretty as the other ones to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know, he like invited me to a tournament and I played and I got my ass whooped by a bunch of dudes who had been like pretty much breaking the game in a way that made it so much faster and so much more competitive and t- turned it into like a sport, mm-hmm. uh, a party game into a sport that I found so fascinating. Um, and yeah, I also like started going to tournaments and practicing and even doing that for the other games as well. Uh, and I feel like this documentary like was a huge part of that resurgence as well um, in making it just like such a big thing that so many people were like, whoa, like people are taking this seriously and there's there's money behind it. It's grassroots, sure, and not like other esports and stuff, but like, I don't know, they're making something very cool. They're carving a community. There. Oh, yeah. Like <clears throat> the, the impact that the documentary had, it basically, I mean, it, it helped. It wasn't necessarily the sole um, creator, but it did lead to an industry being made that wasn't an industry before. And the way it's an industry is like, there's an ecosystem within the whole melee world. Like there are commentators who now are able to work by being commentators and there are content creators and streamers and players and coaches. Like there's a whole ecosystem of all these different roles that people have. And the doc uh, along with what sort of is highlighted at the end of the doc, which is melee coming back to Evo um, those two things happening in 2013 were like, um, pretty, pretty major in terms of like, um, like a melee resurgence, like getting more people into it right now. The best melee player in the world learned about melee through the documentary, which is kind of, uh, wow. a big symbol for, you know, us as a community. It's like, I don't know. It's just, we've come a long way. Um, yeah. So it is, it is pretty yeah. cool. It it's uh it's super cool too because like I kind of fell off of melee for a while. Um, ever since Ultimate dropped, mm-hmm. I I was super into that. But uh, very very recently, like the past couple of weeks, I downloaded Slippy, which is an uh, uh an emulator. Um, that I can actually say it's an emulator because yeah. it's not illegal. It's technically not illegal. Um, yeah. It yeah. Oh. Um, but it emulates uh melee, and you can pretty much play it. Uh, with rollback and it's pretty smooth it's not as smooth as irl but uh it's it's manageable and it's been fun to like kind of play the game on my pc and plug in my gamecube controller through a contraption and just face my friends online uh it's a different experience than irl but still i'm, I'm digging it it's cool. yeah and what's also i mean it came at the perfect time with COVID and everything um but what's mm-hmm. also interesting is ultimate has online as well but ultimate's online is like notorious for being horrible and you have nintendo behind it who's like you know the biggest gaming company there is they should be able to make a functioning online system for ultimate 
and yet yeah. melee through grassroots through just some dude who's like i just i'm gonna quit my job and i'm gonna just make this happen on his own within a few months he was able to make melee like way superior in terms of their online like connection you're right it's not irl it's not it's not the same as in-person tournaments but mm. we have or melee versus ultimate throughout COVID has been able to still have tournaments and we're we're kind of still functioning which is actually pretty yeah. impressive yeah it's interesting you, you brought up the online of ultimate because like i play that game so much and it is it is like i just don't understand nintendo at all as a company and that like that online system is like the perfect microcosm of that because they have a great game. They have amazing characters, a cool setup, a community that is like leading itself on like by itself, like without Nintendo's help and a lot of the time against Nintendo's wishes. But for their online, like they don't, you got to change when you want to change a character, you can't do that without leaving the whole lobby or like shutting down the room, changing the code. And you can't change like the music. It's just so many little things. There's like, you obviously don't care about your online system or haven't had anyone go through it or play through it. And it's just not a priority to you. Um, and with Melee as well, it's like they've done remasters of other games and they've done like Mario, the new Zelda Skyward Sword is like a new one coming out in the summer. But how, why wouldn't they just remake Melee? Like it's, it's free money. Like, so th there's a community that is like, wants to buy it, but they're like, nah, we don't care. Um, but is that, I, is that, is that in line with like what they're talking about in the movie where it's like Nintendo seemed to very purposely not want people to engage with the games in that kind of way. It's like, they want it to be as, uh, I'm only speaking from what I saw in the movie, but like, it seemed to want it to be as like casual as possible. And they don't really want the like, uh hyper competitive scene to birth out of like this game i guess they feel like that dilutes the the brand in some kind of way or or mangles the brand in some kind of way is that still like is that kind of the intention of making the online so i don't know bad <laughs> i've never played ultimate online yeah i i think it's more of just like they don't care about it I mean, like, as you said, like, the, the priority is to keep it a party game. Um, but it's still, like, I don't know, like, they, they've gone out of their way in the past to shut down tournaments. It's just, like, they're so hostile against this community that loves their product so much. And it, it is something that just every day I scratch my head. I'm like, why do they hate it so much? Like, why, why are they so against it? Yeah, and it it it, it does have a lot, I think, to do with brand. You know, they're they're sort of the one gaming company that's uh, not interested, actively not interested in um, fostering any kind of competitive scene uh, because they want this light, um, everyone wins uh, brand, and they want that to stick. And having because the thing is, Smash. Smash is one of the most popular, probably, I guess, the most popular fighting game on Earth. That would have been a huge, it, it would be a huge esport if they wanted it to. It would be like a, you know, global thing if they put in any kind of resources. How could it not, right? Like, it's it's so popular. They, they're selling millions and millions and millions of copies constantly. Uh, and they're, you know, now with Ultimate, they're adding all these new characters. Like, it could so easily be a huge esport the same way Street Fighter is or the same way counter-strike is or whatever um but 
it goes against that brand, right? What 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 would how would that affect if people were to see Smash in this really intense kind of light? How would that affect sales to them? They're like, let's just play it safe. Like I I, I do kind of understand what they're doing. I think it's it's pretty annoying as a fan of melee. Um, I think there's other things they do which are a little bit more sinister, which is like basically threatening other companies to not be a part of, you know, helping us. Um, that really messes with us uh, because it just prevents us from growing. And you see in the Smash documentary, like the, the, the entire scene is fueled by just people who care, like by just people who yeah, like that, it and that, are interested in it. Yeah. That's the thing that I love so much about it that I find so interesting about it is like, every uh you know it's like many times throughout the documentary and now it seems like still past the uh ending of this documentary it's like this community has been able to continue just because of like the passionate dedication of people who like care so much about it and that's cool like it's like they've just found a way to keep playing this game the way that they want to play it uh even if like they don't there's not really like an infrastructure to support that um it's really like kind of diy like arts creation in like a really interesting way uh so that's the thing that i found like super fascinating about it um just this community that's formed out of yeah like how are we gonna continue doing this thing that we want to do uh and then like the connections that are built through that i got kind of like emotional at at the very end when it's like i I, you know i'm reflecting upon my own like communities of arts making and i don't know it's cool it's cool that they just created this space for themselves and and freaking did it yeah and like the the doc takes place over basically like 10 years and you know there are some like golden ages and low points within those 10 years and the 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 sort of perseverance that is demonstrated shows me that most of the people in that dock will be playing that game forever like they will be playing it in whatever form that takes whether it's just you know uh maybe tournaments just die at some point but i think people i i, I just i actually can't even see that happening i can't see tournaments ever dying because not only are new people being brought in I just think the people who are playing this game, who love this game, won't stop. Like, some will, but a lot of them won't. They just, they love it so much. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's always cool to see, like, passion like that. Just people who are passionate about the stuff that they do. Yeah. That, yeah. It's one of my favorite video game communities. Like, although it does definitely have its issues, like, uh, especially yeah. coming to light in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's it's so it's one of the first games that I covered and like profiled communities like even at university at Ryerson like going to the basement and talking to those people or going to tournaments and profiling players it's very fun because just the way that their passion to keep something alive for so long like even against the company's wishes is kind of beautiful and there's there's something about that community that yeah is is as you said like everlasting like it's I, I i also can't imagine people's not playing it because it's just it is like a sport like I, I don't know like it's just a way of playing that people have 
like play styles and like characters and, and different quirks about them that like you can't find in any other even format and iteration of the same game and, and series and especially with games the way they work now where things just get patched right like things are always kind of being edited smash ultimate right they get patches all the time mm -hmm. and so maybe there were these like cool things that people found that you know nintendo's like ah well we don't really like that let's just iron that out and uh but the thing yeah so so that can only really happen with games that are like melee's age and uh yeah right. the, the community just kind of has this like real like survivor mentality like they will just do whatever it takes to do their thing no matter what nintendo does no matter you know whether there's money in it or not like it, it just will continue it it, it, it like forever I, I i really i really do believe that yeah definitely um, Luke, what are your favorite characters in Smash Bros? Uh, like the people that that we that we watch the stories. Uh, or do you mean like the actual like <laughs> the actual? Okay, you didn't have time to watch the documentary, right? No, well, I watched it like years ago, oh, okay. but not recently. No, so I'm not. It's not fresh, fresh in the brain, but I still know it. But uh, well, uh, for me, I'm a I'm a Captain Falcon <laughs> main. Um, oh, so I, I, I used to play Sheik. Yeah, I know. But you stole mine back. You're now a Sheik. Man, I know. Right? Yeah. So, I'm a Sheik. I was a, I was a Captain oh. Falcon back in the, uh, N64 days. I used to play a lot of Smash, Whoa. uh, with my brother and with my neighbors, uh, like the original one on 64. Mm. And then I skipped Melee. We didn't have a GameCube. So I never really played Melee. Uh, and then Brawl was the, was the, you know, the next one that I had that I played a lot. So at the time when yes. people were kind of saying, you know, or when I would hear people saying like, oh, well, Brawl actually sucks. Melee's the good one. I always just, I was just like, oh, I, I like Brawl. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be bad? Oh, I guess it's bad. And then it wasn't until years later that I went back and played Melee and I was like, okay, now I understand why people say this. And Melee is definitely my favorite to this day. But uh, I also haven't really played 4 or Ultimate that much. So, you know. Ultimate's probably better. I don't know. I don't freaking know. But yes, I was Captain Falcon for a while until until recently when uh, when uh, Luke got me to switch over to Sheik, and now <laughs> it's like I'm a natural Sheik. I'm like I kill with Sheik. I could probably mm. take Mango. Probably. <laughs> He's got a Sheik problem. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I I knew that. <laughs> Just imagining you showing up. <laughs> like talking all oh shit and then beating him. <laughs> I don't know. He's a crazy. What would, what, what would be the party dude? So you have to be careful. Yes, yeah, that's true. true. That's this true. guy's out of control. <laughs> uh, what? What do you? What do you think would be the chances that I could beat Mango? Like uh, ten million to one. Um, like, if, how many matches do you think I could have to play to beat Mango? Against him. Mm -hmm. Um, are the. Are these well? It would only be to get out of the hell that is playing someone who's <laughs> never played the game over and over. Like if I think you yeah, would just wither him just down, where he would just he would yeah. just commit you know like lose his stocks intentionally just to yeah. just to not have to do it anymore. I think if Jeez. you're playing him like say you know once a day, like you know there's time in between. I don't think it would ever yeah, happen. It would never. It would yeah. My you know, it would you, never you wouldn't happen. Win yeah. Against him. I don't Probably think never, it would happen never, either. Never. No. I I would, would I never beat him. How would I how would I win? No. <laughs> yeah. It would never like win. mathematically it would never happen. 
Never. I don't think so. If he's, if, <laughs> like, if I don't he's think playing, it how could it? <laughs> if he has all of his stocks and but like mathematically, just, like, if you both... played Michael Jordan in basketball one on one, eventually you would win like yeah? to infinity. No, no, no you wouldn't. To infinity. I mean, no, no, absolutely not. Win? <laughs> you would but never like, win. I just to infinity. Also, Seb, what you're talking about, what you're talking about, yeah, but there's no, no such thing. Like they're like uh, Adam is not capable of playing Mango Infinity. Yeah, and times. he wouldn't play him. Every they're both day, gonna die. But it's a hypothetical and Mango scenario. Also, <laughs> I honestly think I, in that Mango, hypothetical scenario, I would never. Win. It would never happen in, against Mango no, or against Michael okay. Jordan. The only way I could beat either of them is if, like, so in a game of Smash, it's one stock and he isn't looking when the game starts. Right. And yeah. I, <laughs> you I, like, punch him you know, in the nuts, or he suffers a stroke or something. Right. Yeah, so, and like with Michael yeah. Jordan, it's like if the game is up to one, and I somehow get a shot, like like I you just, yeah, you once just he go passes me the ball at the start it. of the game, yeah, I take yeah. a shot and it goes in. Yeah, but even still, it's he would probably point, block yeah. me. You know, like it's still I wouldn't I'm, even be able I'm, to get a shot. I know he would block you for many years. I'm just saying, once you might get him. <laughs> I don't think so. I no, don't I, think I don't. So. <laughs> the only thing I could I could maybe see Jordan just because when Jordan's like maybe ninety. And right. like you know, the years mm. of his basketball career have caught up to him. Then maybe, but the thing is, you think it would take to ninety? Um, <laughs> I I do, I do. Honestly, at least, <laughs> at least, he's still tall. Because how old is he now? He's like in his sixties, yeah. but he's the still definitely, yeah. yeah, you know, way more athletic than I am. Yeah, and he's way taller. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty years from now, I'll be in my fifties. He'll be in his nineties. Or wait, well, because no, 50, 30, Yeah. And he would yeah. still probably beat me. No. <laughs> he, but here's also, here is the other part of this. I think so. Is that you're, when you're imagining um, Adam playing Mango over and over and over and over and over till infinity and, you know, maybe he'll win one. The thing is, Mango is, is also learning as he's playing Adam. He's also, he's understanding Adam right. much better he's at a much quicker rate. He's a mythological rate. creature. That is always going to be steps ahead. Yes, he's like essentially that, that is, a god. This man is a god. He is a god. He is yes. a god. Okay, we all agree. Ooh. Uh, we do all agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I I uh, I fought Mewtwo King. Um, at uh, he came by Ryerson. He was what? playing a couple of games. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He it was a couple of games because there was a tournament in Toronto. I forget which one. Um, but he was going there, so he won. The way he thought about university tournaments was like, I'm going to go here to get $200 yeah, free money. tonight, and then I'm going to leave, and then I'll go to this one and get $200, and then I'll have a, a good dinner tonight or something. And, and like, it's not even like I'm going to lose or oh, there's no. a challenge. Like, no. I'm going there to win, and then I'm leaving. And the other thing is, when he shows up, more people want to go. And so the prize yeah. pool becomes even bigger because it's like, oh, man, I want to go to the tournament that Mute King said. Yeah, my, my friend played Armada when Armada was mm. the best in the world. And, you know, he was also, like, playing the game at that time. And, yeah, God, it was, like, It's, it's basically it's an possible. appearance fee, then, for those players at, like, yeah. a university tournament. You just get paid $200 to show up and play. Basically. Because you know, you're obviously yeah, going to destroy everyone Everyone wants everyone them at the tournaments, there. too. Mm-hmm. You know you beat these people? You ever see this movie, Molly's Game? I yeah. have, I have. It's yeah. about poker, and then she talks about how, like, 
the the greatest poker players, you know, it's imperceptible what they're thinking and what they're they're feeling, so you can't mm. beat them. But then this great poker player in one scene gets beaten by this guy who is so bad and so stupid that he accidentally bets on this terrible hand and it completely throws the guy off. This is how I could get one of these guys. I could be like that. Well, what would? How would you do that? In play so chaos. Play so it, I... using your feet on the controller. <laughs> moving. Just confuse them in real life. Yes. That's screaming. Except that's Constant actually like screaming. a viable strat, though. People put like if you're playing so badly like that you're that they're setting up things that you don't even like attempt to do then you could catch them slipping but i don't think that <laughs> it works that like they'll they'll adapt to that so quickly like they'll learn they'll download that okay this is how bad they are or whatever and then just beat you like that's how they play yeah it's free. Me- melee is also a game where there's a thing called zero to death which is basically where they hit you and then they're able to just take you across the stage and kill you with not that much difficulty like they do it to each other right that like and they are so good at that so if you think that they can't do that to you <laughs> and i think even after they years after layer. years of having this world. done yeah like yeah i think i could so... do it. I, I see what you're saying but i think i could do it <laughs> i mean I, I get your point but i i believe I, I in it. Do it. I, I, it would work it could work out i think you're so confident yeah you're um, so confident. I, I mean, I got to appreciate how confident I'll say you are. I could beat Mango at basketball and Michael Jordan at Smash. No problem. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Which I one? I get to see you at the tournament, though. <laughs> either. Either. Either? I couldn't beat my, a yeah. 60-year-old man at Super Smash Brothers? I don't think so. <laughs> you're, a, you're an 0. Well, 0.3, Seb. You're an 0. 0.3. <laughs> with some prep time, I... Uh, I think they'd both beat you. What if I had a positive well, here, attitude? But... That would take me to a point four. <laughs> you said. Oh, that's true. That's true. Ooh. But but here's okay. If you were to just show up at Michael Jordan's house and put a like a yeah. put melee in front of him and say we're playing, yeah. Then I think I think so. But if he knew that he was yeah, up against maybe he's you, never played. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely has never played. But if he if he knew like oh tomorrow I'm gonna have to play Seb, he would train. And he Tomorrow, would learn, and, and then I don't think day, he would ever beat him. One day, yeah. time. one it's day, the mentality. one yeah. day, he would just be one day. The, That's how competitive mentality. he is. Yeah, and that guy plays multiple sports as well. Exactly, he, he has game sense. It. Yeah, he likes learning. It's it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Seb though, I could see you go to a tournament. You're like, okay, I got this. You pull out two oranges, mm-hmm. you eat them whole, <laughs> and then you go supercharged mode, and you win. Uh, but only under the right circumstances. I forgot to say Hello Fantas. Hello Fantas. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm forgetting to say that recently. But thank you, Funky. <laughs> recently. Yeah, well, I forgot to say it all the episodes except one. But, yes. But also true. recently. Funke, what's it like report? What was it like reporting on this scene? Um, oh my gosh, no one's ever asked me that before. Uh, it's it was freaky because I I guess I watched a lot of it and like after I got super into it with my friend in high school, I was following it. I was watching it at Evo and and just being like, oh this this is fantastic. I love this game. Uh, and so like talking to them was kind of like talking to a celebrity or like a gamer celebrity. So I spoke to, um, uh, I spoke to Shroomed, 
uh, who's a player. Uh, I actually spoke to him about just like Smash as a community and diversity inside of it. Like when when uh, Trump just got elected to president and I, as president, and I was like, hey, how do you think this is gonna affect the community? Because it is like pretty toxic at points, and I. I, video games have been used as a tool to radicalize people, uh, but he spoke about it and he was like, no, I see that like Smash is going in the right direction. And I think, yeah, like there's there's some bad things in the community, but like hopefully they'll get better over the years. Um, but I also spoke to uh, D1 and Zero. Uh, I did a whole piece on how Smash will never die uh, in, in 2018 when Smash Ultimate came out. Uh, and that was that was really cool talking to them just about their experiences in the industry. But yeah, I mean, uh, horrible things have come out. Yeah. Uh, but those those two, those two like, specifically, I think. Are, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very just yeah. And and what's uh, what's nice about the doc, or at least what ages well, not that a lot of it does, but what does mm-hmm. luckily age well is that a lot of people who are in it are not uh, are not like part of the group that was sort of outed in the summer. There's one. Uh, Keitaro, uh, mm-hmm. he is like minorly in the doc. He he's interviewed for like a couple moments, um, but like you know, if D one, D one could have been the face of that doc, right? Like he's yeah. been he's been a part of it for so long, and it's it's very you know it's good that like and I actually I I would love to talk about the interviews at some point because uh, I, I I have a lot of thoughts about them, but uh, yeah, like yeah. yeah. I think I think also that that whole uh, moment in the summer was just so fucking disappointing too. Like as I said, like I did those profiles on both of those people who I I did look up to, mm-hmm. and to find out all this this the uh, the stuff that they've been doing over the years and have been like like turning their their eyes on and not like speaking up and not being like a good person uh at, at all really is, is so disappointing especially when you see this community is so tight-knit and so grassroots and you're you're working together with these people to throw events and have fun and and be be nice it's just yeah it's it's very sad to see um and i don't know i that kind of put me off of smash for a bit too just in general because like just the vibes were off but um I've been trying to find my own fun in the game itself again uh, with Slippy and everything, but... Well, yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like um, the ultimate scene was, like, particularly... Not not that Melee was, like, not a part of it. Melee definitely was. Um, mm. I think it was, it was... It was in the majority an ultimate thing, and I don't know if ultimate, especially with, you know, the not-so-good online and tournaments being, you know... You know, there just being issues there... Ultimate hasn't fully recovered, I don't think. I um, I only I only vaguely heard about this. Um, kind of don't really remember. There was like a lot of cases of like sexual abuse, and I, I don't really know much about it. it. It was a lot of it was a lot of grooming. I think grooming was the essential problem. It was also the 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 thing that's difficult in terms of talking about it is it's it's like. It, it it affected a lot of people and i don't remember the specific details of pretty much any it, of them um so yeah, yeah because when it was coming when the news was coming out it was kind of like a flurry of yeah. tweets like each moment it was like like 
I, I, it was shocking. It was like the, the biggest people in the scene being like, oh, this person has been doing this, has been grooming this person, has uh, or sexually harassed this person, mm-hmm. or knew about this happening and didn't say, say anything. Or like there was a party where like uh, X individuals were all there and knew this was happening and didn't stop it or something. Yeah. And it's just like, it was just so much of that that it, it was like, yeah, like those stories kind of blurred into one because they, it was just like a, a, a flurry of information. And it's sad, and it was just like heartbreaking for the for everyone who was uh, affected by it, and just a sad moment for Ultimate. And yeah, the the online is shit, and there haven't been IRL tournaments for how long mm-hmm. now? Um, so yeah, it it is strange that the community is different. But uh, yeah, I've I've just been playing with friends, and I've seen people post Twitter clips and stuff. But yeah, it 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 is definitely permanently different. Yeah, and it certainly makes it hard to reckon with this film, which is kind of a. Uh not naive but uh you know it's supposed to be a celebration of this like community it's very optimistic yeah yeah and and my my guess my guess is that in the making of this doc like a lot of the stuff was pretty um like new to a lot of people even even pretty big people a lot of people did did know for sure because there were sort of like different cliques within the community who were kind of essentially essentially the problem um and what i know about this documentarian is uh, i think his name is travis bochamp i think he's the director but he is not a really a big part of the scene especially when this first doc was made um i you know i i i don't imagine there was any kind of like you know learning about any of this stuff eight years ago and right and specifically putting it under the rug yeah but what i will say what i will say is i think what you know there's there's clearly a problem in terms of um accessibility within the scene in terms of just like who who's allowed in right like obviously everyone's allowed in but it doesn't feel like that to a lot of people uh Mm -hmm. i think especially in terms of like making like girls feel safer within the community this this doc you know kind of brings it up but i think it's it is probably more part of the problem uh than it is a solution or or anything helpful like um it's not a you know it's not in big moments it's really like tiny things here and there um so i i i think about it you know especially i've watched this doc so many times like those moments come up and they're pretty cringy like the joke about like the x-ray <laughs> and the girl's bra like it's just like so bad it's just not, yeah, like it's so cringe. Yeah, and 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 it's not like that's not going to make any girls who are like kind of interested in the scene like feel like oh yeah like I I want to be part of that like you know it it so it it is part of a problem in a lot of ways. I think sometimes um, it goes so out of its way to make things worse. At times, okay. well, I specifically the gamer terminology section, which is kind of like. Oh, words are bad for some people, but for most of us, it doesn't really matter. So I think it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The film is very it is very dismissive in that in that regard for sure. Uh, I I thought that that section was supposed to be kind of like tongue in cheek that this was the actual definitive like yeah they, they frame it as this is the definitive like yeah. statement 30, on 30 terminology second. of gaming mm-hmm. yeah um. And yeah, it's clearly just like three people's point of view, uh, or however many they interviewed in that section. 
but uh, but I know what you mean. Like it is certainly still dismissive. And in terms of like women's role in the Smash community, the entire movie is kind of just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a problem, but you know, well, whatever. Like it 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 doesn't think about it too critically. It doesn't think about like how any of the people who are profiled within the film might be uh, a part of the problem or or contributing to it or or anything really in that regard. Like it's kind of sees fit to just be like. Yeah, you know, mm. it's a problem. Man, eh, whatever. Yeah. And 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 the way that I imagine a doc like this, I don't know this for a fact, but this is this is what I would imagine is that the film was made and it was made with the intent like that that wasn't I think anywhere on the filmmaker's radar at all. Like I don't think he was thinking about that. I don't think he was worried about that. I don't think he thought that that was an essential part of the story and you know, uh really he's chronicling like these these champions of the game like and, and and the history of the game and i think that the doc absolutely probably like should be made about um like from that point of view i don't think that was his point of view i think it was probably brought up later as like oh you know especially because he is really addressing what happens in the film which is a lot of like people saying rape and stuff like people just saying like outdated shit and it feels like a kind of bit of scotch tape on it like okay that'll that'll take care of that problem i'll address that i mean um, he had a limited time frame the movie's only half an hour so it's like of course he can only <laughs> give 30 seconds to this issue sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry that's not a helpful thing to say <laughs> no no but no but i i i, I one thing I, I would also just say is like the, these the conversation like I think two years ago, especially before last summer and before hearing about kind of like the real sinisterness of what's going on in the world and how people really feel about it, like that really came up in the summer. Um, I don't necessarily, and I think now we can look at that 2013 film and, and really see the problems. Um, it was eight years ago. Like it was, it was a long time ago. Um, I think that is still worth thinking, like worth just remembering a documentary now, if, if a documentary now came out about what the scene has been like for the, you know, since 2003, and it did that, that would be really not cool. Like, that would that would just be clearly super dismissive. Um, and I don't think it's not dismissive the way it is right now. I think it is. Um, but I think there is a context there. That, yeah, sure. That is a part of it. I th Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the movie obviously chooses not to... Uh delve too much into or delve at all really into sexism within the community. I thought for a lot of it, it was like fairly clear, like subtextually. And, you know, I certainly think like the film could have chosen to make it uh, more than just subtextually. It could have highlighted it and been far more critical, which, you know, probably would have elevated it as a film. Um, I, I do feel like it was like the intention was to kind of just like show the community as it was for 10 years with like all the faults that exist. And, and I, I don't think you necessarily come away thinking like that the movie was trying to present this as some sort of like flawless community where, you know, rampant sexism doesn't exist. Yeah, I just feel like the movie doesn't really go into depth about much. And I just, every time it would start to, I would be like, oh, interesting. And then it would go back to like recapping every tournament and stuff, which is, I'm sure is interesting um, if you're already really into the game. But for me, it's like every time there was anything, 
with that being one of them, one of like kind of the tangents that I was interested in, like diving into the, the terminology and the, the discrimination in the community, it would go back to like, and then this is what happened in this tournament. Like, okay. I don't know. Were, were there other things that, that seemed like, oh, I, w I wish we went down that road? And, and... Yes. Um, mostly about the people. Like, I know, um, and I read some of your reviews, Luke, some of which were very old. Uh, on Letterboxd. Yeah. And I know, yeah. I guess they go into people's different play styles, but whenever they go into someone's psychology, and I know, you you know, as Adam's saying, you don't have to spell those things out. A lot of them could be subtext. But when they were the focus, I was so much more engaged. Like uh, Isaiah's like kind of loneliness and uh, Korean DJ's, uh, you know, admiration for his dad and, and how that played into his like play style and um, the way... Um, U2 King would study the code and the frames of the game um, and and his social isolation and stuff. All that was super interesting to me. But that was all okay. in the yeah, film. I, you did. You yeah, that's interesting that to me because that's what. That's yeah, essentially and then you the go back to, to recapping the tournaments one by one. And it's like. Well, okay, but the, the. Sorry. I don't know. I mean, those things were all in there, but they were brief, I would say. I, I, I Sorry, like wait, I, I feel like before we should go on, Funke, you, you said you had to go, right? Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> well th I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to do work, but I wanted to, I wanted to come on and talk to y'all about Smash Bros. Thank you. Hell yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it is something near and dear to my heart. Um, as weird as it is, and I, I don't know, it's been an on and off relationship for a while, but I like Smash Bros. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that this doc put a lot of people onto it. Um, yeah. Thank you for bringing it, Luke. Yeah. No. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Bye, okay. Bye. Bye, Funke. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sorry, Luke. Go on. Um, yeah. So uh, in terms of the tournaments, I think there is like a lot of, a lot to be desired in terms of the way that those tournaments and those matches are shown. For me, I found that a lot of it was just confusing in terms of like, um, who, like, what is the set count? Who's up one? Who's up, who's zero? Like, is it one zero? Is it two? Oh, like, I just found it not super well communicated often yeah. in terms of like the connection between the matches I'm watching and the overall story of that tournament. But I, I do think, at least for me, you know, uh, I found that the tournaments that they're showing are like essential to telling the story of them as competitors and their personal attachments to the game. Like it, life consists around these tournaments for them. It is truly the most important thing in their lives. Like, you, you know, Korean DJ is saying that he couldn't sleep after four days because he got second place at the MLG championships. Uh, like yeah. that, it, that 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 feels essential to understanding who he is as a person and 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 i agree i what i was gonna say or what i wanted to bring up about interviews was i just felt like the interviews were to me the strongest part of this movie um i think it's always shown through these interviews how much everyone cares about the game even wife who's like kind of just your almost narrator of the whole thing yeah, right yeah, he's kind right. of our default guy 
when he talks wife and about chillin. wife and children yeah. are the ones that seem like they like they care so much about the game and the community yeah even though at this point wife hadn't really played the game or like been a part of the scene too much in like probably six years or five years or something <clears throat> but when he talks about how everything he thinks everything would have been different if he beat ken that one time you can just see how much he cared like it i don't know it's just so it's so real to me I feel like I yeah. should say I, some stuff up, up top, which I wanted to say before we start discussing the movie, but it kind of just ended sure. up that we discussed the movie. Um, I don't know. I feel like I should be careful here because I know this is one of your favorite movies. I know this is something that you care a lot about. You are very patient with the stuff I care about. And I feel like it will be hard for me to discuss not liking the movie that much without turning into a big argument <laughs> between the uh, three of us. Luke, Luke I, wanted you to I can go in. <laughs> I I'm I can I can just I guess tell you right now like I'm really open to 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 what you have to say. Okay, I'm just like, putting that up. That's my mindset going into this discussion. I'm just putting that what, out there. Okay, but but what that sounds to me is like I have thoughts and I'm not gonna say them. Like I would <laughs> no, I just that. think that's a necessary, uh, you know, preamble. I will say my thoughts. Okay. I, like I mean, I feel like I've said like basically my big issue with the movie already. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm also extra self conscious because I've been listening to the show. And I feel like I come across super aggressive all the time. Or smug. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Right in. Tell me tell me what I sound like. Um I, I think, well, you're, the, how I about, think you're fine, Seb. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> uh how about I just say this? Like the Um I don't know. Like I, I really enjoy the doc because it's just a like a uh, year by year account of what happened in a scene that or or with a game that i just really like yes uh i think the doc uh i think i i kind of what i like about the doc part or what i partly like about the doc is that like the scene it's just so grassroots it's so yeah. like let's just you know yeah. use the stuff that we have and just way. try and make something and it just i think it does tell like um a pretty coherent interesting story um and it's something that i think there's clearly like you know i and i don't really like saying this um because i don't think it's necessarily evident of anything but the fact that it did that a four hour plus i think documentary did get like millions and millions of people to watch the whole thing and to take the scene to what it is now is also just a testament of kind of the power that it has. I don't think that means it's a good documentary mm -hmm. necessarily um, because there are just like issues with it. Uh, but yeah, Adam. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> well, if you're not finished your point, you can keep going. Well, it's just you had your hand. Your hand I was thinking, uh, sorry. Yeah. We do that sometimes to signal like, I want to say something when you're done. I didn't mean okay, to say cool. that to interrupt you. 
Oh no, so that's okay. I was I was just gonna say I was just gonna like finish off with some butts and ums and yeah, no we're all good. <laughs> okay, go on, then do it, do it. You yeah, so like yours. I don't know, it's just but uh yeah, so <laughs> at the end of the day At the end know, of the day, like it's all just you know yeah. what it is and but Yeah, so you know, like whatever. So That's uh, how I finish everyone a point. I say a point and then I get really self conscious about it right away and I go Yeah, but like so like yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Who want? <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just me. I mean, shit. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. I mean, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, tell but, me if um, I'm wrong. You know, I just, th- I just kind of feel like, you know, like, uh, yeah. So anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I think it's no, no, I was gonna say like that's the that's the you know a lot of what you were saying, Luke, is what appeals to me as well. Like I I, I think that it's not um you know, a perfect documentary by any means. I don't disagree with you, Seb, that like it could go into more depth uh, with a lot. And as I said before, I do feel like it's like, you know, very uncritical, especially of the sexism within the industry or not the industry within the scene, I guess within the industry as well. I'm sure it extends far past this one. Yeah, video but that would be uh, a weird thing to knock it with. <laughs> yeah, to knock this one documentary yeah. for. But anyway, um, uh, but I, 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 I am always so drawn to any documentaries that are like kind of a dive into a very specific niche community uh, of people that are really passionate about something that like I've never thought much about. I mean, I've thought more about, you know, Smash than, you know, a lot of other documentaries that might fall in line only because Luke is one of my best friends and talks about it all the time. But otherwise, I probably never would have thought about Smash very much. And those those are just kind of my favorite docs, you know, where it's just like, let's follow, like, the story of a very specific community. I've, I've said before on this podcast, like, King of Kong is my all-time favorite documentary. Um, and it does largely the same thing. It's like these people that are really, really passionate about this one game that you probably have never thought about beyond just, like, a passing, oh, Donkey Kong, cool. Um, but there's these people that like their lives are dedicated to it. There's the one great line in King of Kong where Steve Weeby's daughter is like, some people kind of ruin their life for this game, huh? <laughs> and Steve Weeby's just like, hmm, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, you know, but that that's that's what I find so interesting about it. It's like, how did you become so passionate about this one thing? And, and specifically with like the Smash Brothers documentary, uh, I just, you know, I... There's times where it it isn't as great for me, and we'll go into it in more detail as we go on. But the end, I just find great, where it's like, I don't know, it, it kind of made me feel like it's it, it was never really about, like, Smash specifically. Or, like, that this story exists in, like, the, you know, so many, like, other games, so many other fields, so many whatever. It's just, like, whatever is the version of Smash for you, where it's just, like, Here's a community where I feel like I can be myself or I can feel comfortable doing this thing with people that are also into it. Uh, and I don't know, I'm rambling now, but I just like I, I any documentary like that, I find so interesting. Um, and so I'm interested in this film. Yeah, I, I get that. And I, I don't think it's fair to compare this to like a King of Kong or knock this movie that is clearly made by 
uh, you know, amateur filmmakers, uh, kickstarted, I believe I read. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, very much for its specific audience. I think just very much not for me, not designed for me. Um, and that's fine. I, I just much prefer those movies where, um, there's an outside perspective or there's an attempt to, uh, really get down and explain the appeal and make somebody who doesn't already love it feel the appeal of it. And I feel like this this didn't do that for me. And I think maybe that's because it was made by people who are too close to it. I know you said that the guy who made it isn't really part of the community, but it seems like, um, I don't know, you feel the love of, of Smash in it. And that's like admirable. But I think it's like, I don't know. I, I wish it was made by someone who was able to communicate the the why of these people. And I can admire it, and I have nothing against anyone in the movie. It's just like, the movie didn't make me get it in the way that my favorite movies that introduce me to a new world do. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes sense. I, 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 I'll say that when I first saw the doc as well, um, Melee to me was a game that I really liked when I was a kid. And that was pretty much the extent. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. This this what got you back yeah. into it, this movie? This got this. So um, I watched this documentary. I, I really loved it when I first saw it. Um, and it made me start to watch what was happening at the time that I watched it, was, which was like end of 2015, early 2016. And then I also just happened to like have a group of friends who we played Smash together with and we started to play Melee and yeah. So that, that helped as well, like just having a group to play with. But yeah, I did not know, I didn't know that Melee had a competitive scene before I watched this documentary. Um, so what, but what I, what I wanted to ask you was like, and I don't even know if this is a helpful question, but why do you th like, why, like if you feel like the why was not communicated properly, mm -hmm. what when it was all said and done, what was the why that you created in your head in terms of like, there must be some why there must be some reason why these people care the amount that they do. Well, the why I got is I was trying to, and we don't, I don't know how much you want to go into this as the, you know, publicly as the three of us, but I think sure. I was trying to figure it out through the two of you. Why does Luke love hmm. this? Why does Adam love this? And I, Adam, I know you're not into the scene as much as Luke, but you, uh, you love the I documentary. I say I love it. I think it's really good. But you love the documentary in a way that I don't, right? You gave it four stars. Yeah, I definitely like it way... I gave it four stars. I definitely like it way more than you do. And I think part of it, which I also extrapolated to the players, which, I mean, is there in the movie, um, I guess, is just the drive to be the best at something is not something I've ever been that interested in. Like, I like the stuff that I like, and I definitely can get insecure about, you know, certain topics if people know more than me, um, or things like that, but I don't really care who is the world champ of anything. And I mean, I, I admire that. It's never been something I thought I could do or wanted to do. Um, and I think that that drive is in both of you for whatever reason and is in all the people featured in the movie. thoughts um 
Okay. Is that offensive? Um, no, I no, don't think no, that's no. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I just like I just think, I think it's me, a difference yeah. between the three. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make I just wanted to make you sweat a little. Okay. So. I'm I'm sweat. <laughs> You're not. Uh, um. Well, what what I would say is, uh, how I mean I I I I guess I think. Adam and I both have this more of an interest. It, 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 like to me, it's not necessarily about who was world champion. That's not really what is of importance. I would say that it's more competitive mindset in general is something yeah. that I think yeah. like Adam, Adam texted me this morning and we kind of started to compare this doc to the last dance. It's the last right. dance, right? Or the last waltz was. Yeah. Yeah. Last dance. Which, yeah. Which, well, last waltz is a different dance. film, but. We're talking about the last dance, the oh, okay, Chicago okay. Bulls documentary. Yeah, and like there's Which I a have lot something of, to say on you know, that, that in is... this regard, but go on first, Luke. Well, I'll just introduce it then. I mean, that is essentially just chronicling, you know, one era of um, of basketball history, which is makes more sense because obviously, like everyone knows who Michael Jordan is already. Smash! You have to kind of start from the beginning, and you have to kind of right. tell the whole thing if you're gonna tell a complete story um but that was a doc that you know me and adam both really liked i think for probably the same reasons um yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah i i, I like the last dance uh you know obviously i'm a big basketball fan I, I it was weird to me seeing the reactions to the last dance where a lot of people were talking about it as like oh you know it's like this michael jordan propaganda piece should i have and my main takeaway from that, which Luke and I have talked about at length already, so we don't have to go into detail here, but my main takeaway from that is, like, it's about how, like, Michael Jordan's singular drive has affected the rest of his life. That, like, he doesn't seem to have a lot of close friends. He's really bitter about, like, every loss he ever had. He's so, like, he's still so obsessed about this. The people he was hanging out with at, like, the height of his career were, like, his security guards and, like... You know, people who were paid to be around him. Not that people didn't want to be around Michael Jordan. Obviously, you know, people did. But a lot of, like, throughout the doc, it's, like, his teammates saying, yeah, I didn't really like being around him. You know, I can't, you know, discount the fact that it worked. Like, we did win, but it's, like, it wasn't really fun. Like, that's what the documentary is to me. And I do find that, like, the cost of kind of hyper-minded or hyper-competitive mindset to be very fascinating. Um yeah, when Luke and I were texting this morning about the Smash Bros, I was saying that uh, uh, Ken reminded me of Michael Jordan because Ken similarly was kind of like thinking back upon matches that happened like 10 years yeah. before and was, yeah. you know, he couldn't accept what happened. Like losses that he had, he's still like, oh, yeah. but I, I was a bit tired if, still, I, if I had a bit more to eat. About, yeah, yeah, if I had yes. more to eat that day, like I'm still, <laughs> you know, I probably would have won. Like he's still so upset. <laughs> and it's almost like, it's like the moment where he becomes not the greatest anymore. That's when he decides to step away. I believe what he right. said that like he also became really, you know, tired of doing it. But which is, you know, similar to Michael Jordan, actually. And something he talks about a lot in The Last Dance. That it was just like, he just couldn't keep, keep doing this. But um yeah, I don't know. I find Ken's mindset in specifically very, or in specific, very uh, interesting and very parallel to to Michael Jordan for sure. Right. Yeah, and and I think something that I just like a lot is that all those people that are kind of followed feel like they are coming at this one 
I guess, spot, uh, sort of, which is like, you know, to be the best at pretty different angles, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I, I agree, Isaiah's story to me is probably my favorite. Um, I just think it's so... Uh, I just love the myth around him and the way that the the way that they show him talking is very interesting, which is not showing him talking at all. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost very like... unique that part. Is... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it does. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, how do I say? It? Like, I'm being told what to feel in yes. a lot of ways. Like, I'm being you know. It is very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's very. Uh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's 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 very obvious. <laughs> very holding my hand. Manip manipulative. Yeah. I guess oh, manipulative. Yeah. I guess manipulative. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of manipulativeness in this doc. Like, um. Isaiah's thing is a is a huge one, but I still like it. Like I still like. I like that it's a story. I just. I like that it's probably not exactly how it was like there's yeah, something definitely. about that and i think it's the same with the Jordan it's a legend doc, you know? it's, like, yeah 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 and these people feel almost not real i think this is like a weird side note but like ken's interview specifically feels so interesting to me it's shot so weird it's shot from like above it's and to almost the side, like a streaming down. angle like as if he's a yeah, streamer sure you know? and like right and and like but we never really see his full face. And I wonder if there's sort of like, it's a manipulative thing about like him being the villain. Like there's just this weird angle that we see him at. And we don't really get to see like a clear perspective on like just his, his face. We never do. Um, Wait, so I think, I don't know. Like, yeah, sorry, go. Well, before we can, cause you're kind of moving into a different direction, but I just wanted to say one thing mm -hmm. on the, the going back a second where I, I am really fascinated by the like competitive hyper competitive mindset and like the drive to be the very best. But actually I think this like what I am even more fascinated in is that like there's these people whose drive is to be the very best. But then it's kind of like being the very best doesn't really matter. Like it's like the community that forms out of it that's really important. Like whether you're at the top or at the bottom it's like i don't know you're part of this thing and that's what's more important than actually like being number one i get and, and the community is formed by these myths in a way which is interesting yeah i get that this movie did not make me affectionate towards the community or want to learn more about it and maybe that's just me but it's just like i mean there's some there's definitely some people who come across well and are interesting but they're always just talking about the champs. And I guess that's the nature of competition. Maybe that's the point that you're trying to make, Adam. But aside from, I guess, the scene where they're, like, playing tag, I never, um, I don't know. I never felt the heart of the community um, in this movie. Beyond, as you said, Luke, being told that there was a big one. You know? That there, sorry, a big what? A big heart. Sorry, weird sentence. Oh, I mean, the right, movie's right. always telling us that that the community is so important. I'm, and I kind of the feeling I get is, yeah, good for you. I don't feel like a part of that. Like watching this this four hour movie, I don't feel like I got to really see that or experience that beyond these like big personalities. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I I think ultimately 
what the doc is doing in a sense is setting the stage a little bit just for um just letting you know that this thing exists and i'm sure most of the people who watched probably did not at least in any lasting way remain a part of the community um like i i don't think i'm in the majority of people who watched this in you know 2013 14 15 and decided that they're going to start going to tournaments and stuff um but i think uh it still does set set the stage in terms of i don't know like now i'm now i really am thinking about it as as these myths as these like eight collective myths or however many characters there are and uh th those stories are huge in terms of building a community like a, like a community i don't even know what i'm saying anymore i just feel like the community is like largely built off of these stories in a really cool way like okay yeah and there's gonna be i think times where we're just not going to be able to fully <laughs> see no i don't <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean you know, it's like yeah. the 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 legends who are able to kind of unite everyone around like like when ken you know comes back at the very end was he like he joined mm -hmm. the stream or something and then everyone's so yep. excited to see ken and they're all collectively excited like they're excited together because he's this legend within the community like mm -hmm. i don't know i when i first watched the film this was my second time watching it you know i i never like it didn't make me like I, I didn't start following the smash community i know like kind of who's the best now because luke tells me um but it didn't like inspire me to go off and like you know start being such a big member or a member at all of this community but i definitely came away being like this is I, i'm i'm glad this exists for people this is this is cool yeah like, yeah no I, I am too but that's not that's not what i was saying like i mean like king of kong i don't follow who's the champ but when i'm watching the movie it's very important to me because i get so attached to these human beings and again that's a great documentary it's yeah. unfair to yeah, compare the best film ever. to you know an amateur filmmaker and stuff but uh, maybe I'm repeating myself, but there's a scene early on and some guy, not even one of the main people, says, um, he says something like, it started to be really fun for me. So then I was like, how can I practice at this and, and get good? He says something even more extreme than that, where he's like, it started to be fun for me. So I, was like, so I tried to make it hard. And that, to me, is such a foreign idea of like something is fun so i have to take it seriously i guess there are things i'm like weird and competitive about like movie trivia and things like that but um i don't know it's just so not what i want to do like get really serious about something that i enjoy to the point that i don't enjoy it anymore um yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say in that analysis, there's a bit of projecting because you're assuming that he's doing it to a point where he doesn't enjoy it anymore. But that's that's not. But it it was kind of what he said. Well, sorry. Do you remember who said who said this? It's just some guy. It's some guy early. It's not even like one of the I don't know if he's even one of the main people. So maybe not. It's a good point. But I think that's. Uh the drive of most of the people later. Yeah. Um, it is, it is probably a, like, 
I remember, you know, you and I have talked about movie trivia and I remember we ran into someone who was really good and I was asking them like, oh, like, how did you get good? And they had a similar reason to you, Seb, which is it just kind of happens, right? Like, you're just interested in it. Mm-hmm. And then through spending time with it, it just kind of happens. And I think that's probably the majority of people's experiences with this game and, and things like it. Is I think it's it's not like oh shit, now I have to get really good at this thing and I need to train eight hours a day uh, in order to get good and in order to be the world champion. Uh, it's, it is it is coming from a place of, like, I enjoy this. Like, Ken wanted to win, yes, but you kind of have to enjoy playing Smash for three days straight or whatever he was saying, right. uh, you know, he would do when he was 19. There's, a, there's also, I mean, some people are just wired in the way that, like, the the thing that's fun is, like, strategically thinking of what to do or thinking of new strategies or like like when when I'm when I'm playing a new game or picking up a new sport or something um I'm not thinking like how do I improve so that I can game this in a way that it's not like fun anymore I'm thinking like it's fun for me to think like oh I I didn't do well in that area what can I do differently so that I can have a, a you know a better result like it, it's fun for me to like use the analytical part of my brain and like the strategic part of my brain to think like what can I do differently and that's not really like a pursuit of like being the best or even being better than anyone else it's really like how can I uh I mean I guess there's like how can I be the best version of myself in this field or how can I like best use the I don't know but yeah, it, like it, it's just a, it's just fun for me to think like, oh, how can I do things differently to get a different result, to get a better result? Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'll, carrying yeah, some. It... Oh, sorry, Luke. No, I was just gonna say, I think ultimately this doc is like, also kind of chronicling just like what it means to take on a, a certain like a craft. Like this is kind of a craft for these people the same way, you know, it, it's something physical that they have to master that's technically very difficult, but there's also like an you know, to what Adam's saying, there is a creative, almost artistic side to it. And uh, it's, it, it is just kind of showing the process a little bit. I mean, not, not fully, like we're not, we don't get to see Ken practice, but we're told of this story, right? Of, of, of yeah. mastering something. It's about mastering something, essentially. Yeah. And I think, I yeah, I mean, I can get into anything, I think, if it's, the story is told in a, in a way uh, that makes you understand that. And I think, as you said, we're told about people's methods and we don't really get to see it in action. There was one game I wrote down where I was like, oh, I'm actually like really into this game. And it was like the only one because mm. the, the stakes were very clear. Um, PC Chris versus Ken at one point. They were, the stakes were really clear. Um, it was like they have th- this many stocks. Know what I'm talking about? Was it the one where Ken was using his counter move a lot? Maybe. Because I think what was interesting about that is that it's like, um, so here, here are some things I noticed about the games that we're watching is like, you know, we see a game being played from like 2004 and it's Mm -hmm. like, um, supposedly the, the, these are the greats who are playing this game. And then we see a match from like 2006 and it's like to someone who doesn't know this game 
they just kind of look like melee they they just kind of look like a professional it's like yeah like that i'm not necessarily seeing like in 2004 they were at a five and at 2007 they're at like an eight all the game doesn't really show sorry sorry no no go ahead go ahead i all the game footage to me look completely identical the entire time I was just looking at noise. And I think that's a slight failure of the documentary, which I know is not for me, is for a smaller audience, that I'm not someone who hates video games or tunes out video games or something. I played this game when I was a kid. I really liked it. Uh, I've played the sequels a lot. I've played it with, like socially recently with you, and I have no idea what's going on when they're showing. the yep. Because they're, they're cutting between different games. They're cutting to like yep. grainy cell phone footage, which I, I understand... It's not their fault. It's like, what else are you going to do? I I think that is all I would agree. I think that the way that they present actual, the actual game is, I think, where it struggles the most. And I think what was the one that you brought up, I don't know if it's the exact same match that I'm thinking of, but the one where, so PC Chris and Ken, you know, they played each other. PC won. That was a huge upset. Um, and then they played again and it was kind of like, oh, let's see if PC can beat him again. And that's when Ken started using this counter attack. That match to me, if I'm looking at the doc from sort of a more outsider perspective, that match to me feels very specific. It feels very memorable. There's a specific Mm. thing that they point out that is being used and I can see it being used and I can sort of see the effects of that and see the consequences of that. Versus, I I agree. I think all the other matches before do just blur into, okay, so I guess this is Melee. I guess this is what it looks like. There's no real clear difference in terms of, like, like Mewtwo King, you know, just, just to throw in, like, I guess, technical stuff. Mewtwo King in, like, 2007, 2008 was, like, incredible. And he was far, 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 far better than what we saw in matches from, like, 2004 or 2005. That's never quite shown. And I think it, it is a difficult thing to show. Like, it because it does... You almost need to teach the audience how to understand a match of Melee, which does mm-hmm. take a long time. And it actually might not really be possible, potentially, just because it is such a fast game. Um, but uh, but I definitely think that, yeah, more work could have been put into that. And uh, it's def- definitely a shortcoming. I think it is possible... Um... I don't know. There are things that do work. Like, when they show Brawl, maybe it's just because you've been seeing Melee footage the entire time, but when they show Brawl and they're like, it's slower, you get that. Like, you can see Mm -hmm. that. Yep. And it's one of the few things where the game footage is telling the story. Um, Or when they show um, the, like, I guess, like, uh, more basic animations of the frames, and you see, like, oh, he's Mm -hmm. studying, like, down to, like, the wire frames of the characters. Like, that's just a visual yeah. way to show how deeply like Mewtwo King was studying. Like that that works great. But there's very little of that, I would say, that really works. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. For a four hour documentary. Mm-hmm. And and especially because a lot of the sort of like most the hypest moments are coming from these like grand finals of this tournament. Like you would want a little bit more. I, I, I think for me, I still get like goosebumps a little bit when um, so there's, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but there's, uh, remember that match that Korean DJ lost and he's like, I couldn't sleep for four days. Um, I remember mm. him saying that. I don't know that if was I like, can picture the match. 
Okay. It was in it was in the the finals at uh, Vegas. That's right. Okay. That's right. It was in the Ve- where, yeah. And right. so against PC Chris. Against PC Chris. And so the way that they set that up is they go like they have this music which is kind of like the Zelda music which they took from him playing the violin a little bit before like it's you know mm-hmm. it's tied in. But then they show like the eight players kind of popping up because it oh, was that only was eight great. players in that tournament. That was great. You know what I mean? And the tags yeah. coming up like I think there are a lot of moments still that um and I like even even the one where Isaiah is like, you know, I think I, Isaiah really wanted that cape. Like where Isaiah is just going hard, and then they kind of <laughs> cut in and say, and then you know he was down three games or down two games or whatever, and then his playing partner Mel, that you know who his tag yeah. is named after, comes yeah, in. Like yeah, yeah. I think there are still a lot of, um, I think at least every episode, every part has kind of a peak that I think is. I, like I I feel is pretty strong. Yeah. Like I I feel like I I kind of get why this matters so much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I don't know. I see your point. I definitely see your point. Like that it does look very that a lot of the matches do look very similar. I actually think they do a pretty good job usually of setting up the stakes of like the match that I'm watching. And you know they have the players have the gamer tags above the characters on yeah. screen, so I know what I'm looking at. I know uh, I, I know who's who, and uh, I know that it, I, I I understand why it would be confusing or intimidating or you just kind of your eyes just kind of glaze over looking at something like that. Um, but I don't know. I think I usually understand the stakes of the matches pretty well, and I was always pretty engaged with that. I, I think one thing that like doesn't it just doesn't like now if you look at a tournament, it's very the the layout they have like kind of perfect the layout in terms of like making it clear who is who and stuff. Before they would have their tags, but what what was also happening in those earlier matches was that like Ken, you know, who's like we see him as like this Marth, like right, like he plays Marth, he does the Ken combo and all that, but he would be switching to like Fox and Captain Falcon and all this stuff, and we're not really told about that, so it's just like wait, now I'm seeing t- like who who's who, like they're they're, they're I think they're in the in the earlier ones there is a little bit of uh, confusion in terms of. But but I, I agree. I think the stakes are like are laid out, and then they yeah they should have put the characters yeah face, sure. they should have put the real people's faces that, on top of the characters, good. and then had them like or you even know, just to start just so it's to like they're start. fighting each other like at yeah. the start of the match. Like you know what puts I think kind of puts the game footage in this to shame. Not even a movie that doc, that uh, YouTube channel you showed me about game world records. That to me yes. is much more engaging than this movie in in yep. a fraction of the time because yep. he's like so everyone on like what's what's that guy's name? Well, well we're we're talking about uh, summoning salt. Yeah, so this guy summoning salt, who even you admit is not perfect. Like their videos are a bit dry and and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But when you watch one of them, he's like, so I guess maybe they're they're more. It's more of an interesting angle to me that people are often playing weird games that you wouldn't expect to have a world record, like, you know, Wii Golf or whatever. But he's like, so on this forum, this guy was saying, I'm the best. And then this guy's saying, I'm the best. And then it takes you through in such detail and it so clearly explains what's going on that I'm invested in the second counter on Wii Golf. Right? And this movie with its, like, big mythological, you know, explanations of who these people are and, like, showing years of their lives... I, I'm not invested at all in when they're actually playing. I don't know what's going on. And I know this game. And I feel like if that guy could do it in his YouTube videos, there's a, there's a way, I think, 
to have done it better. Sure. Um, yeah. It does. It, it 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 is just interesting when it gets to a point where it's like, I just really feel like it does. Like it, it, it like I, I I don't know what much what more to say. Like for me, it really does. Like I really do get, and and this was when I first watched it. Like I I I, I yeah. felt how much, like I don't know. Uh. Uh. How yeah? How much Korean DJ wanted to win that championship, or how much it mattered to wife. Uh, when he lost that set versus Ken, like it was fate for mm-hmm. him to win, and like I, I, I really do feel those, and I, I think with summoning salt, like, or even just with, because what he's showing is, uh, speed runs of games, and he's chronicling like yeah. the, the the history of like specific games, and, um, I would, I mean, for me, I'm as interested in that, you know, the the second or the 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 amount of seconds or minutes it takes someone to complete a game. I'm I'm as interested in that as I am in, like, they 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 actually feel similar to me. They feel they feel pretty comparable in terms of. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I. It worked for me as well as I already said, but I, I see your point. I I the it actually only stopped really working for me in uh, the last couple episodes, like the Mewtwo King and uh, and uh, Mango. I don't know. I don't quite know why. I didn't really understand the stakes of those matches as much. And it kind of feels like the the Las Vegas tournament is like the big climax. I know that's kind of the climax of the, the scene as, or the, like the game, the Smash Brothers scene as well until, you know, the end when it rises again and gets to be at Evo. Um, but yeah, I just kind of felt like I'm like, okay, we reached, we reached the peak. We reached like, the climax for all the like first stars or i guess the the original stars of the game and then it kind of feels like the the mewtwo king and mango stuff is almost like a different story that i'm like eh, i think we, we we got to the end of this story yeah for for me mewtwo king works really well i don't i i agree about mango i don't know how much mango's story works for me mango also just never appeared likable anytime i've seen i've seen this doc a lot mango never yeah. and, and he's a likable guy like kind of the whole thing is about how likable he is and maybe that is what makes him unlikable is like fuck you this guy just seems like annoying like it, you know it it, it it i just don't think it paints him in a light where i care that much to see him win so his, his story for me definitely uh leaves a lot to be desired but for me i i, I still feel it with mewtwo king's part i'm still pretty interested to see yeah, I, I think I almost felt, and, you know, maybe I'm being a broken record and whatever. I just felt like, and again, an amateur filmmaker, I just had a feeling the questions weren't super probing or in-depth to any of these people. Like, it would kind of be like, they'd started a new, focus on a new person, and it would cut to everyone going, he's really nice. And it's like, okay. Like, I didn't, like, as in, for example, I feel like I got no sense of who he was. Um, there are some people... There's also yeah, no interview, which is a huge part yes i don't know still i just feel like even with the interviews like kareen dj i almost felt like he might have offered up that story like it's the only time maybe with isaiah maybe he was really probing with isaiah and but it seemed like they were kind of friends and he was talking very frankly with a friend that's what it felt like those recordings at least but like with everyone else i don't know there's obviously things you can read read into with the subtext and through their actions you can learn a bit about them 
Um, but I never felt like the film was really probing into them beyond the very surface level. And some of them are fascinating on the surface, like Mewtwo King, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, like, I would lo- I would love if there was sort of a, a, another swing, right, at like a full uh, a documentary that like fully explored these people in a context where we already kind of know what what the story is i i i think i think his like because his goal was really to just show the steps of what happened um and it is it was i i think his first film um like yeah it makes sense to me that it would end up the way it did Mm -hmm. um but i guess yeah, it it really like thinking about it that way. It, it makes me ex- it makes me excited to like hopefully learn one day about those people. Um, yeah, because it is. I think I think it would it would be a different angle uh, mm-hmm. if anything. Well, it's like a it's like a history documentary. Yeah, it's almost me. like a Ken Burns, which like I can yeah. understand why. Yeah, like and I I understand why you know you crave for them to get more into like the psyche of these uh, of these players, but to me it is like. Yeah, here is a world and here is kind of the like the the story like the arc of like of the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to better construct that sentence. But uh yeah, it's like a history of the competitive smash scene, part yeah. one. I just think the first step to any history is the characters, is making under like I've read like and I guess this is a subject I'm more interested in, but like, you know, I've read histories of Marvel comics where they make you understand the psychologies or at least guess at the psychologies of the different writers and stuff who were there. And that's the story. So you're like, Oh, I've, you know, met a coworker like that or whatever, or I felt like that. And then you identify with them and then you care if they're the champ or not with this. I almost felt it has like, as you said, you know, first time filmmaker and it has kind of a film school quality to me where it's like every idea is in it. That's why it's four hours. It's like everything he wanted to make sure he covered everything almost like like a book report or something where it's like there's no one can accuse him of missing a tournament or whatever but yeah i don't know i'm saying the same the same thing over and over well it, it is a lot right there is a lot to cover um i think a, i think if this was made in like an hour and a half or two hours i think it probably would have been unsatisfying like i think it would have just left out too much so it is it is it is difficult. Um, it's also not really a four-hour documentary. I mean, it's a miniseries. Yeah, it's true. Like, we keep talking about it like it is one mm-hmm. four-hour piece, but it is, it's nine 20-minute episodes, or 20 approximately. I don't know. What okay, well, then that. each episode is not super focused on what it's supposed to be focused on. It keeps getting sidetracked to, to track the, the progress of the, the scene in general, which I, I get, but it's like... I don't know. I think you could make an hour and a half mo- movie about one of these people, and it would be fascinating. Oh, yeah, but of but course. but to, to to make an hour and a half documentary about the history of the scene is that's what I'm talking about. I think you could do that. It would be less detailed, but it would. I think more people would be interested in it. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, yeah. Well, but, more people would click on that because to see something because on YouTube it is it doesn't appear as nine 20 minute things. It's, it appears as a, you know, <laughs> I watched it thing. in, I watched it in the episodes mm-hmm. 
have have millions yeah. of people watch the full version yeah Wait, yeah it's got like oh, three wow. point something million yeah yeah and uh what's the like to dislike ratio <laughs> Uh, let me just see real quick. Uh, okay, we got fifty-four thousand likes and one thousand dislikes. Ooh! So congratulations to uh, uh, director it, it, uh, it, yeah. Travis Bochamp. Bochamp. I think I think that's what it is. That sounds like a um, smash handle. Congratulations, Bochamp. <laughs> Bochamp. Samox. Samox. Oh, uh, you know what my smash handle is? Bovo Champ. Nice. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't have a smash handle, but hey, that's pretty good. Now you do. Bobo Champ. (laughs) I like Bobo Champ. You can't deny that that's a great smash handle. Hey, would you watch a four-hour documentary about Bobo Champ? If the questions were probing, yeah. That's just one element. I would, like, I mean, you can you can discover character in a documentary in lots of ways. If there was more footage of them on the floor together, I mean, like, part of it is that he's covering things that I think happened a long time before he was filming, right? So a lot of it is relying yeah, oh, on, yeah. on oh, cell phone yeah. footage and and people's old pictures and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've I've brought I, this. I'm 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 being downbeat. No, I so okay. Um, I guess maybe we pivot to like Adam. You said you mentioned uh, talking about each of the each of the people. Which yeah, I think that's a good but, idea. Yeah. Um, but in terms of everything you said, I think I agree with everything you said, and I and I I, I don't think I'd ever say that like this documentary gives me everything I would ever care or need to know. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. I I would love to know more about um, Isaiah and. Azen and all of them. I'd love to know more about Chudat. Like I'd love to know even even more about the people who didn't get an episode to themselves. Yeah, I would love to know more about those people as people outside of Smash and yes. like, you know, maybe more external factors about what brought them into this thing and how did they feel about committing, you know, to this lifestyle and this career essentially that's like you know, determined by them making sure that they can beat everyone else for a really long time. And if they can't, they don't get money anymore. Like, how does that feel? You know, th- there's a yeah. lot of room of stuff to, to talk about. Um, for me, I, I, I still see this as a, a one one right? Like a, like a, here are the people that you need to know about. And here is how their stories kind of interweave. Um, here is their legacy in terms of like, you know, how good they are and how did they prove how good they are and what happened after that. Um, and for me, it's just like, I can watch it every time and I'm, I'm hooked in, I'm sucked in. Um, I don't think I've ever just started watching this and just stopped. Like I always, I will always watch the end. Uh, I even think the opening bit where they kind of set up Azen and they kind of uh, set up Ken and the, and he goes, and then they were on a collision course headed to see who was, you know, like <laughs> I, that part. And then like that moment at the beginning to me is all, it's just always so exciting. It's always like super, super, super exciting. Hell yeah. And uh, I get moments like that throughout the entire doc. Every time I see it, like I, even though I know it's coming, um, 
So that's, I guess, my summary of how how I I feel about the doc as a, as a whole. Mm. Yeah, I I uh, I agree. I also like. I mean, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually very impressed with a lot of the filmmaking, like especially considering you know the resources that the filmmaker seems to have like mm-hmm. uh not much like it seemed i'm i was just i looked through the credits when i first watched it i'm looking through it again now it seems like it, there was one person who made this movie and it seemed like, like it they had one was. day of shooting with each person um and as was mentioned before like a very limited kickstarted budget um and you know that doesn't all immediately equate to like good movie. I'm not saying this in like kind of a a patronizing way. I'm genuinely impressed with like what they were able to pull off, and I genuinely like was moved by the movie. Um, I just think it's awesome that they did it for with so little resources. I think most of the music, if not all, but I think like 99% of the music is also just like um, free royalty music, which I think is also like, right. It's just, it, yeah, I think it is just, he's just good at using what's at his disposal and putting together, like, a, yeah, a story. Yeah. And of course, I like, you know, I, I do crave more in a lot of different directions, as we've talked about. But like, I don't know, the re- there, that's such little resources, it seemed. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to really critique it on, like, what they didn't do I when I respect so much of what they were able to accomplish. I guess what what resource does it take to ask deeper questions as to why someone w- is into this? Uh, that well, it depends how well you know a person. How much time like, you can dedicate? Yeah, if you only have one day with the one interview with someone, they might have had like twenty minutes with each of those people. Right. I yeah I I don't think he knew I don't think he knew anyone I I know it maybe sounded with Isaiah like he was friends with him I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think he knew really anyone. I think he, like, had known about the Smash community. Maybe had, like, checked out a few tournaments himself. But I think it was more about just, like, I'm just interested in this world. And, um, you know, someone should make a documentary about it and I'll be the one to do it. I think if he, I also, like, and so another thing is filmmaking is not his profession. It's difficult for him to, like, if he were, if he were to spend weeks developing a relationship with these people and getting to know them and following them then you are allowed to ask more probing questions but if it's like hey i'm making a doc about about the scene and about like the history and stuff um which everyone uh, is presumably like volunteering all of their time like they're not getting paid for it no one's you know it's it's a hard ask to then like yeah get really uh probing yeah Point taken. Yeah, you, you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice those connections. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's a it's a tough ethical thing. I mean, like documentary. It's it's a. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it there's a whole like kind of ethical side that you need to consider when you're watching like any documentary. I I believe as well because you really are like dealing with real people's lives, real people's stories. It's kind of something that scares me about documentary, like ever really being in control with like a real person's uh, story, which is kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a fear of mine in trying to, or I don't know, in documentaries I've made in the past. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what the production process was on this film, but considering how uh, 
how limited the access seems to be, or sorry, that was the wrong way to put it, but how limited the resources seem to be. I can imagine that it's like, I don't know, it could be crossing a line to really go beyond yeah, no, just I, like what, what they did. Yeah, point taken. I, I think you guys are right. I didn't really think about that. I just wonder like, um, I mean, this is a very popular movie that means a lot to a lot of people. I knocked over a book. Um, but I just wonder like, what service does it do to make something that doesn't challenge has a small audience that is not challenging i just wonder like i don't know it just it just make a movie about something uh and how great it is and not question it it's just not interesting to me it's not something i would want to do Um, yeah, well, uh, I guess I would just disagree that it doesn't question anything. I think Adam has pointed out the sort of like, um, the end a few times, which I think is special. And, and Adam brought this up, but like, I also think about when wife at the end is asked to sum up the whole thing. Uh, and I think his answer is great just in terms of like, cause really what he's asking is like, like, why do people care? Like, why, why, why does anyone care? Why do you care about this? And it might not be as, um, you know, as the, the questioning might not be as deep in certain areas as we want it to be, or as it could be totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say that about a lot a lot a lot of stuff um but to say that it doesn't question anything i don't know if that's true like i think i think even a ken burns documentary is like much more just kind of laying out the info that you need to know it, it's much more just kind of uh expository right this one is expository there's a lot of exposition it's mostly exposition um but I think there's a bit more heart. That yeah, I don't necessarily I don't come away from the there. end of the film. Yeah, I don't come away from the end of the film thinking like, oh, well, that that had no purpose or like it existed for no reason or that it had no point of view. Like, I, I think it can be certainly more challenging. But I, I, I do come away thinking like that's a celebration of community and, a, and a, like a film that's about like, as Luke, you're saying, why we care about anything, why we dedicate ourselves to anything. And it, I don't know, I think largely because of the people that are involved with it, like because of the community that forms out of it. I think that's the statement of the movie. Right. Okay. Like I can understand why that, you know, why you felt like it didn't work, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's yeah. like a, it's like a pointless movie that like is like just totally just presenting like, information and, yeah. Yeah, I just think the answer um, is nice. a little circular. And maybe I should get off this. But I think the the question of the whole movie is what makes the Smash community great? And the answer is the Smash community. And and I can see there's, you know, beauty in that. But it's just like uh as an outsider from it, it didn't make me understand that. 
I could have told you that um, already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I I I I'm yeah, I guess I'm struggling. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like it it cuz it it's it's uh I mean it shows it I, I don't know. I get I, I think I think it is just a just a, like to me it just does show its show its work. Like I think, I think they show how they get from here to here. Um, if they just told me the Smash, the Smash community is great because the Smash community is great, that obviously wouldn't. Like that obviously means that's obviously very hollow. Mm -hmm. And I just don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's fair to. To say that the film is, as hollow as that. As someone just letting you know, like, hey, like this is a great community. Uh, but I, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty much in full agreement that like, um, it's it does leave a lot to be desired. Right. But I think with a doc, like, and uh, uh, you know, with Adam, what you were saying, like, there's there's a lot of challenges that come into play when you're making a doc. Uh, I just watched yesterday, like stories we tell, which is obviously a great one. Great flick. That I, I I think docs probably work best when they deal with like incredibly small subjects mm -hmm. uh, that allow you to kind of look at something th from 360 degrees. Um, yeah. And yeah. so when you're looking at a 10 year period of a game that spans, you know, across. Uh, let's just say America, uh, that's pretty difficult to do uh, when there's so many people involved and there's so many like really important storylines that you need to kind of know in order to fully understand it. So it probably would have been a more successful documentary on like a, you know, uh, it would probably just would have been a more successful documentary if it was a little bit more focused, maybe yeah. on one person, yeah. maybe just on Ken. Uh, yeah, but, but I think in going the route that Travis did, I think it still works. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree with I, that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I think if it was more small scale, more focused was about one person and then use that as a vehicle to kind of get a glimpse into a bunch of different people within the community, it probably would have been a better film. I mean, I'm kind of describing King mm -hmm. of Kong right now yeah. as yeah. I say that, yeah. uh, but that's, which is, but that's you know, a great example. But that, but you know, I don't think that's the film this was trying to be. And meeting it on its own terms, I think it does what it tries to do really well, which is, you know, introduce us into the history of this community. But we've talked about this for a long yeah, time, yeah, so yeah. maybe we should move on to something. <laughs> yeah, and then something and then else. <laughs> the the nicheness of it means like it's a niche world. That that means that it's not going to be just understood like by everyone and. Yeah, That's just kinda how I think you could make works. it understood, but I think we should move on. I think, like, it chooses to be a niche yeah. movie, which is fine. I'm just not in that niche, it seems. Sure, okay. You could, I think you can make a main, not that it has to be mainstream, but you can make a far-reaching movie about any subject. On on a really small budget? Um, yes. 
With like really, really few resources? Okay. Yes. Okay. Where you're trying to do service to an then entire history of a community. No, that's a that's a weird goal. But I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't Right, but that but then you're just but then but then you're just discounting the entire premise of the project. Like that's what he's trying to do. Like I like you you want it to be an entirely different movie. Yes. I guess maybe maybe the question is like okay. <laughs> but then they'll then never the... like it. I don't know. Right. But it's like I have to change myself to like it. No, I'm just saying like you're not trying to meet the movie on what it's trying to be. I guess I didn't You're asking it to it, be an entirely different movie. I guess I didn't approach it as a historical Ken Burns type miniseries. Which maybe um but yeah, I don't know. Those like I don't like I, it doesn't matter to me if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. But I I just think like you're not you're you're asking it to be something so different from what it's even trying to be. Yeah, I I guess so. I guess so. That's fair. But I think you can even, but those Civil War things, like who who gives a shit about the Civil War? Those are very watchable. Those are very, and I know, massive budget. Are they? Yeah. I've never watched. I've never watched. Have, a Ken you, have you watched a Ken Burns series? I haven't watched a whole series, but when I see a bit of them on TV, I'm immediately hooked by it. But you haven't watched a whole series. Well, those I I think that is a really bold statement to say that Ken Burns' series are really watchable. <laughs> like, I... That... I think it's unfair to I'm not to saying they're bad. Them, it's... You know, as a veteran filmmaker versus an amateur, a veteran filmmaker with a budget, sure. But I think mm-hmm. they're infinitely more watchable. Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about each I, of the people. I could watch real ten quick. hours yeah, okay, of the battered bastards oh of baseball. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll do it. I think that baseball one's also only like the first fifty years of baseball or something, and it's like twenty hours long. It's just so funny to me that it's I, called the battered wait, bastards of baseball. <laughs> Is it? I thought it was just called baseball. I swear. <laughs> wait, let me look it up. Because I, I remember a college humor. Um, article that was like the ten best mo- movies to watch on on Netflix, and it was just all the battered bastards of baseball, the different parts, in like the wrong order. It was like number ten, the battered bastards of baseball, part seven. I just see that it's called baseball, but maybe that okay. was like yeah. A... I think he just calls them like, and like the other one's jazz, right? He just calls them. It's called. It's oh like right, okay. First Sorry, inning, this second... is not a, also. This is not a Ken Burns movie. Also. I... I was totally wrong that uh, actually they do cover a hundred years of baseball in the film, in oh. the in the series. How, how long is baseball? So, so, eighteen point five hours. Oh, that's not so bad. A hundred years, hundred years and eighteen point five hours. That's almost like what do we do with like the math on Smash Brothers? Yeah, but but when Seb oh, watches, no. he can't look away. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's we should be put you to the watch. test. Can we yeah. sit, let's sit you down? If you can watch 18 and a half hours of baseball in a row, then I'll accept and your points about if I will and, I will do that. I'll say this on air. If 10 people listen to this episode and tell me to do it, I swear okay. to God. No, but but the other thing that has to happen is we need to have like me and Adam and some other friends of ours are gonna have a really fun conversation in the next room. Uh, and 
but you have to watch. Yeah, see if you can do it. You can't what? look away. Because Why? you can't look away, right? So it's... <laughs> okay, you can't fine, look away. Yeah, sure. You can't look away. <laughs> I did not say I could not look away. Mm-hmm. I said I'm hooked. I think you I said did I'm you say actually, that. You can... Okay, true. well, same okay, thing. True, same true. thing. True. Same thing. True. You can okay, blink. Fine. You're allowed to look away. Then. I'll allow blinks, yeah. Okay, speaking of people named Ken, what do you guys think of Ken? Uh, I thought Ken was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it w- I, like, the uh, only time I felt like I got a sense of him is when he was making excuses about those old matches. Like, that was interesting. I, I like the found footage of him, where he's, like, really shitty and weasley, and, like, uh, the newlyweds, they're not that good. They're not that good. Like, he's just, yeah. he's just shit-talking everyone, and... Uh, and I think it is like there is a it is always interesting for me to see the perspective of someone at the top and like the effect that that has on them. Uh, I I will say with Ken, I you know what? And I, here's the thing: I'm also I'm probably gonna find with all of these people, there's gonna be questions I still have, a lot of questions I still have. Uh, like I wonder about the sort of truth about like I I think the fact that he had this weird alliance in his house where it was like Chudad, oh, yeah, that was Chudad couldn't beat him because he was afraid he was going to get kicked out of his house by Ken, but we don't really hear Ken. Yeah. About that, that was interesting. And, yeah. And there are also people in w- passing saying that they thought, yeah, Ken was a jerk. They don't like Ken. He had a bad the, reputation. The people that- he really did seem like the Michael Jordan actually. Totally. Even though I, I didn't the- Michael Jordan, wasn't there something? Uh, I think they mentioned this in the last dance. It was like, while they were filming, uh, Space Jam and Michael Jordan had all the best players like come on to the uh, come on to the set and they would like play in between shooting and Mike Michael Jordan was kind of like uh, you know scouting for their weaknesses and kind of like a lot like Ken actually yeah totally. I, I thought the thing on Space Jam was that he would play with like actors who were like on the on the lot and he was still going really hard on them maybe it was like everyone he because they he uh he got them to build like like part of his contract for doing the film was that he uh, you know they built like a court for him. oh right so it was kind of just like he was playing all the time with like anyone that was there <laughs> so wild i also i liked when ken went to japan that was cool like he needed like yeah. he needed some time away with people who actually loved the game and weren't into like just the infighting and stuff yeah and 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 just seeing like footage of in comparison him dealing with like East coast audiences who are just screaming at him and hearing, hearing what they're screaming at him. I can't imagine. I actually can't imagine playing like having to be the best, like having to like beat everyone and not let that shit get in your head. Yeah. And yeah. and what that would do to you is like uh, it pretty, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to even comprehend. People- People are so ruthless with their regional alliances, which uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. at first I'm like, this is so silly. But there was one line that contextualized it in a way that like made a lot of sense, which is just like, you know, there are only a couple people that were really good at the game. Yeah. And if you want to feel like you're like, if you know, I'm not that good compared to the best, you can at least put like stock in. Oh, well, at least my region's the best. So I can still yeah. like feel like I'm the best. I think that's. You know, true of a lot of stuff way beyond way beyond yeah, this definitely. game, way beyond totally games or sports in general. And I think it was succinctly explained really well there. Yeah, that, that that was a good line. Also, something that made me laugh is like sometimes the movie would present um 
just things very dramatically and and it would work and then sometimes the names would get in the way so they're like a rivalry formed between deadly alliance and team ben <laughs> and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And the, the picture of Deadly uh, Alliance was, like, them all posing. And then the picture of yeah. Team Ben is, like, wife, like, falling off a couch or something. <laughs> <laughs> and wife had a great line similar in that regard where wife was like, uh, yeah, you know, you know, we pick our names when we're, like, 15, you know. So I picked mm. wife. If I was older now, I would have picked a cool name, like, Dark Rain. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's cool. <laughs> well, it's weird that that comes full circle. Like, then wife becomes cool again. Yeah, yeah. He's, wait, you think he's cool by the end? I liked wife. Wife, wife was like the the guy I liked the most. I think. Yeah. yeah, I like I like how passionate wife was about the game. But was he like regarded <laughs> as cool in the in the community? Well, oh well, okay. I was uh, thinking more about. Are oh, you just like, mean like? I was thinking about the like tag specifically. Cool. Like I think how oh. there's like a point where wife. It's like you go with wife, and then you're kind of embarrassed by wife, and then wife becomes. A cool name. Oh, oh, yeah. I think wife's a cool name, yeah. and I think that they were called the newlyweds is awesome. It's so yeah. funny. But uh, when you would refer that guy as husband, like not his name, just call him yeah. husband. I thought that was yeah, so yeah, yeah. I I've noticed that I'm and starting then... to do that with some like gaming friends now. Like I'm calling them by their <laughs> tags, and it's not ironic. Yeah. It's it's just natural now. I call you spoke. Um, all the but time. yeah, I, I, that's true. Um, I think, uh, I think wife is, I think wife is, is, yeah, the best. <laughs> I love wife. I think wife yeah. is, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wife's very fun to watch. There, there's a review on Letterboxd that I think is so good. That's talking about, um, you mentioned that like when the documentary stops to talk about how cool PC Chris is and he's like just some guy. Yeah. And it just like, <laughs> uh, the review is uh, Branson Reese and he's like, um, that, word cool is so loaded like in this context there's so much history and it's like this is the one guy with like some social skills so he's like the cool yeah. guy <laughs> and they show like his party and it's like six people and it's, it's just like a normal guy yeah. <laughs> and, but he yeah, was a skateboarder and, like, the, and skate skating is pretty yeah cool. it is cool i think he is cool like i don't think he's just normal like i i, yeah, I understand Chris. of course I mean, he's, he's cool. a laid back yeah, guy yeah. Like, it's PC Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what is cool? What does it mean to be cool? Like, there's cool well, is kind of a generic. Cool is kind of a, just a generic word, right? Like, it just kind of. Uh, yeah, skateboarding is a cool thing to do. Yeah, like, no, I would, but that's I would say that. that's the funny part is that the documentary is like finally an objectively cool gamer, and that just shows such a lack of confidence <laughs> right, in right. the entire community. <laughs> right i thought that was uh, you know on that uh realm i thought that that one part was interesting where um uh chillin is saying how much he hated uh mewtwo oh, king, yeah. right i needed yeah. it because he was like mewtwo king is just like the most stereotypical nerd so and we can't hit, have him being the best <laughs> the face of the sport. i know he owned up to yeah he owned up to it being a really mean uh yeah. thing to say yeah. and to believe and that he treated him badly because of this and that he feels bad about yeah, that yeah but it was I, that that was interesting and revealing. It's like they were so scared that people would, or at least he was so scared that people would look at Mewtwo King. Oh, he's the best player, so therefore Smash is this game for for nerds. People are so mean. I, to... There's a specific line. Sorry. I was just gonna say I just love the specific line where he's like, uh, "It's when he started getting good where I really started to have a problem with." Him. <laughs> 
You were so mean to him. And even the documentary, the episode about him is called The Robot. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And even... Yeah, I thought it was sort of... I thought it was sort of, uh, I don't know, patronizing, I, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. that episode. Like, maybe just because we don't get to hear him speak too much, like, give his point of view on how he felt within the community. And again, that could be an access thing. It could be a, you know, I, I, I don't know. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of other people kind of speculating, like, oh, you know, I think he's, like, on the spectrum. Yeah. and. uh this community must have helped him so much, <laughs> yeah. like meet people. And you know, that's that's people who have, I guess, a condescending attitude towards him shown in the film. But the film did still choose to present it in that way. Yeah. I think You know, I I I think the movie is meant to be kind of like, isn't it great that he found these friends? Yeah, definitely. I think they picked a reading of him early on and didn't question it, you know. Like, even wife, like, tells a kind of, you know, affectionate story of them being friends. And it's like, he's a nutcase. Like, Jesus. Like, yeah. that's how everyone treats this guy. Sad. But, like, that episode has one of my favorite sections, which I've mentioned a bunch of times, where it just goes so in-depth about his play and his uh, style of practicing and everything. I really got a mm-hmm. sense of him as a player in a way that I didn't, I think, a lot of the time with with some of the other players. I thought I thought one point that was uh, that did that well with not just Mewtwo King, but I think also Azen and Korean DJ, where wife is talking about the different play styles and how they counter each other. Um, oh yeah, that was yeah. cool. I think I think that was like that that laid it out pretty well for me, uh, where it's like yeah, I think that paints the picture mm-hmm. of, um, and then and then for me, especially because every time I watch this documentary, what happens is I'm also like noticing people where I'm like oh like you're Dreffen right like i i know you now like i had no idea you were dreffen when i first watched this but now that i know right. like the scene and more of the history there's all these people it's like oh yeah you're a person and here, i know you i know you i know right. you. um and and so what I, like i notice a lot more like in the matches as well and um yeah like you can actually like go back and watch the footage of Azen and everything wife is saying about how he's like you know he plays cool like he doesn't get worried by anything blah 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 he just does his thing it, it it does add up. It does make sense in terms of um, the footage of gameplay that we see. Yeah, Korean DJ was the one actually that I understood like his play style based off of his uh, personality yeah. and life experience the most. That it's like he is such a uh, 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 I guess forward guy. He's very uh, I don't know what the right word is like brave. I guess like he just kind of or bold. Yeah. Bold is probably a better word. And that he would like just yeah. money. Yeah, determined and bold, and he, he, you know, he would just money match all these like experts, knowing he's gonna lose, but he just wanted to put himself out there so he could get like as good as he could and face them uh, in a setting that actually had stakes. And then to see that he's a player who like is very bold in his play style, like you know, he he does all that ledge guarding shit uh, very aggressively. He's he's playing beneath the 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 stage a lot of the time, kind of jumping off the stage to 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 hit people. I don't know what the correct terminology is, but he just had a very bold play style that seemed to match like his personality. And then as I think Seb mentioned earlier, kind of uh, understanding the history of what happened to his dad as well and how that might have like enabled him, enabled Korean DJ to be a bit more of a a bold and forward person, just kind of taking life by, Mm -hmm. by the, by the, I don't know, what's the expression? By the horns. 
like a bull. The expression? By yeah. the horns. Oh, yeah. Cool. By the balls. Cool. But, but it's also cool. <laughs> Life I think. And horns. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what What's also, I think, interesting. Like, I think what that, what I see with Korean DJ is almost just this, like, you got to do it now. Like, mm-hmm. you never know what's going right. to happen. You have, like, you know, that's why it, for him it was, like, within a year he was, like, playing on this, like, on the top stage with everyone else. That is that is wild. Um, yeah. You know, now now it would be almost impossible. But even then, like, wild that that would happen. And it's just that, like, it's like he's a meteor, right? Like, he just, he just has to keep moving. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of really interesting stuff with KDJ. Yeah, I feel like we all took different things from him because I kind of took a different thing than what you guys were saying. Well, similar. Oh, interesting. But, like, I thought I saw him as a bit of, like, you know, it's just kind of mentioned that his dad has a business. And then he's he at one point says, we're expanding to another location. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so he's part of the business, which, one, tells us that he has, like, very much a life outside of this, which not all of them do. Mm-hmm. And... He's kind of like using like business almost like he's like paying people mm. to like, yeah. I don't know. It was very True. methodical and stuff. And, the, but he's also very charismatic and personal. I thought he was super interesting. And even like just the documentary, like showing his list, like a fake version yeah. of his list just yeah, helps so much cool. to dramatize that. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like what, what that tells me is that like, on even surface level, there's still like a lot there, right? The mm-hmm. fact that all three of us kind of had uh, a different perspective on like what he was like before is, um, you know, sometimes sometimes there is something nice about not like we are kind of manipulated emotionally sometimes, but we're not necessarily like, um, I don't know, we're not given every single like detail about this guy's life and what you know yeah. every decision he made that led up to it. A lot of it is just kind of speculation, but. Um, but sometimes it's nice to, yeah, just have these different interpretations of who he is. Yeah, I think the the legends idea that you put forward does appeal to me a lot. Like, I I guess we disagree on like how it was executed, but I think like mm-hmm. that idea of like we don't get to fully know any of them. We're viewing it from the ground. I think it would have yeah. helped me if there was like a person from the ground, or or the documentarian was more in it or something. But I I like that idea a lot. We just view from their playing styles and, and we extrapolate. Yeah, I, and I'm noticing that that's actually something with docs in general that I feel like kind of always help is is inserting the documentarian into what we're seeing. Uh, just because it's so, I don't know, we're now at this state with docs where it's almost like Adam was pointing out the ethics of it. It, it. It's almost unethical to tell someone else's story now, like, or, or at least it's, it's, it becomes questioned. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just telling a story about someone's life, well, who the hell are you? Like, why are, why? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like you have to tell your story of this person's life or the story of you learning about this person's life. Um, that's kind of a tangent, but I just think that's like an interesting direction that I, I'm noticing more, Doc's going like I, I mentioned. Stories we tell is very much that. Yeah. And minding the gap. Yeah. Which stories we tell is a great is... example of it. Minding the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing example of that. I think it depends on the subject matter. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I there are so. there are times where it's kind of like, well, we don't need to know necessarily how you factor into this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, sorry, no, sorry, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep talking. Uh, shit. What was we don't I going to We say? need to know why you factor into this or have you factored into this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if that can be done in a, in a, in a, I don't know what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, what were you going to well, say? Sorry, cut you no, off. No, it's okay. But it's okay. I, I think like, I love oh, both those movies that you mentioned and I think that's mm-hmm. one valid approach, but I also think like you can tell someone's story and fully know that there's going to be criticism about you coming out of that. And that's still valid. Like that's, I think that's part of the whole picture, you know, like if there's like, you know, articles coming out going like, Oh, this person, um, I don't know. Like, obviously don't do unethical things, but like the fact that you're going to be probed into in the way that you probe into your subject to me is part of the whole picture. And you don't necessarily have to do that for the audience. Um, I think it, it will probably happen to you now nowadays. And, and that's okay. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. I think it's cool that documentaries are, uh, you know, kind of living, breathing, things like after the film is done because Mm -hmm. the people that are in the film continue to exist uh continue to do things that will like change the context of the film and i don't know i think that's a very interesting thing whereas like you know that can happen in certain ways i suppose with uh fiction films but a lot of the time it's kind of like you know you you know the text is the text and then there can be a more separation but that line is blurred in documentary. And I think that that's uh, really interesting. Yeah. Like uh, docs are are essentially become no matter how ethical or unethical, they become kind of like artifacts in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, and the, the, the dismissal of ethics within the doc can say something about the person who made it and the time period and, you know, the culture and the resources and everything. Um, though the challenge with that though is that you don't necessarily want to look at all like if you look at all docs like that then all docs are in a sense perfect and imperfect at the same time like they're just kind of what they are and they're not even art forms they just kind of become I mean they are I feel like it's a very (laughs) um well, if you look at like, uh, like if you think about like what an artifact is, like it says something. It's a it's it's a symbol, and it's a thing that says something about the time and place that it came from. Yeah, and from the person that it came from, and yeah. that is as that gives you as much information about that time period. Like there's, ugh, fuck, I, this is so no, I just so theoretical. Do you know? I know what you're saying. I just think that's one. Do you understand l- what I'm saying? One lens to look at art. It's not the yes. only one. So to- you can totally you can step totally, back and totally. take yeah. the anthropological perspective, as I advocate for. I think a lot on this podcast with stuff that I like that is problematic. Um, mm. But that's just one way to look at it. Like I, you know, have structural issues or whatever with this movie. But I also think it's an interesting. I think for me, a lot of the stuff that was interesting was like the sense of humor and stuff is very much to me of the time. And I, you know, yeah. I have criticisms of that, but beyond that, it's just interesting. It's like, it takes you back in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about it in its reflections of like sexism within the community, uh, and homophobia within the community. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it's showing people that do act this way. It doesn't critique it in any kind of way. And I can't tell where necessarily like the documentarian uh, lies, what the documentarian believes. Um, but as like an anthropological uh, artifact, like it does capture something like as it exists and as it existed. And we can mm -hmm. look back upon that and I don't know, certainly very critical of the actions of the people within the film, but the, does that mean that like the film doesn't have value? I know that's obviously not what either of you are saying, but you know, yeah, you know I'm getting that. I was thinking about that a bit too. Like, um, it was just interesting to me to hear that R word that they kept using and thinking about how that used to be so common on the internet. And I'm sure it is still in a lot of places. I don't really see it used that way anymore as a as a casual casual like way to mean defeat in a video game. Like I feel like it's no. kind of been replaced in at least in the mainstream gaming community. And that was kind of interesting to see. It's kind of cool. And, yeah, yep. is it still prevalent? I I don't I don't I'm not a part of any gaming community. But I swear um, I wasn't either and I used to see it and hear it all the time. And now I don't true. as much. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't see it, but there's, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I, I don't see. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's pockets um, yeah, of we're, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know there are, but it's like, mm -hmm. gaming, I think, has become a little more mainstream, like a little more cool and hip, I think. Yeah, it definitely. And you don't see that stuff as much in that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not watching PewDiePie or whatever. Who knows what he's up to? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in specific like bubbles. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure other people who mm -hmm. are in uh, different circles or pockets within gaming or internet communities would say that we are totally off base. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you see it in Smash? Like even uh, among the same people? Like would, is Mango saying the same stuff that he was saying in the movie? I don't know. No, 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 no. No, yeah, no. So uh, yeah, at least there's like you know, uh, of the evidence we have, there's evidence that the specific people saying that specific stuff are not saying those specific things anymore. Mm -hmm. So there is change in that sense. And those people really are the influencers of the scene. Yeah. Um, right. Like Mango is now like sort of Melee's streamer, essentially. Um, yeah, Mango is so like, the... is he? he's like the, the greatest, right? He's solidified himself post- as I said, like, I think that he, um, that's my least favorite section of the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I just feel like by that point, it's like, I, I don't know. What, it, what is this really adding that the rest of the movie hasn't already accomplished? Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of Mango? And where's he at now? Uh, well, uh, now he's like still, he's still playing. He's still very good. He's probably probably second in the world right now um uh but in terms of in the dock i think what i think was necessary at the end was showing the return to evo um if only to give yeah. us another glimpse at how nintendo does their thing to like sh i thought that was a great moment where it's like you know nintendo uh you know two days before evo mm -hmm. uh sends a cease and desist and says you can't do this and then within five hours you know um the internet 
brought them to their knees and <laughs> and then we see we see mango do this crazy run at uh evo 2013 so i think that 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 as a final sort of uh bookend was important and i do think that you we did need to learn who mango was then i almost wonder if maybe mango and mewtwo king could have been kind of in the same ep like i i i, I agree mango's ep to me wasn't that interesting i felt like he i wasn't really rooting for him the same way i was rooting for all the other uh people i followed uh or mm. people that the film followed um yeah Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like that kind of leads into like, nah, this is just getting into the same stuff. But I do think like there's a bit of like, if the film could kill some of its darlings so we don't have the most context on everything, it could focus a bit more on these people, you know? Um, Like I learned the most about Mango through watching his celebrations after he won. I mean, you get an idea of who he Mm. is from that more than anything anyone else says to him about him or a montage of him partying or whatever. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I guess did. I didn't really get an idea of him. I did like at uh, Evo, uh, he wins one match and he celebrates so hard. He like takes his shirt <laughs> yeah. off and yeah. And I thought that was like the championship and then it was the, it was just the quarterfinals. <laughs> and so for the other two matches, he just has his shirt. I off. thought he was going to strip. I thought he was going to keep heard, going. He already took it off and threw it into the audience. So he, now he's got to play the rest of the tournament with no shirt. What, what Adam is saying is he needed more context about the opponent that he faced, right? Cause that's why. I don't know who the, the guy was that he faced. Well, we needed more context. Oh, sorry, end. Seb. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, no, Seb. We need no, to make it five go. hours. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> who did he face in the finals? Because the big matches were happened before that. Who was that guy? So, so it's it's a wild event. It's a wild story. So oh, Wobbles, okay. it was Wobbles, who's just an ice climbers yeah. from Texas or maybe Arizona. Uh, I think Arizona. Um, he was like good at the uh, time, but it was specific, like character specific name. Well, he's the one who started to wobble first in tournament. Wow, wobbling being when ice climbers grab you and hold you for infinity damage, basically uh it's a cheap move but he would do it in tournament and anyway he beat mango sent him to losers which was a really big upset and somehow made his way to grand finals which was huge and mango just won match after match basically beating i think beating every other top player uh in the world to get to wobbles again and then beat wobbles twice in a row and and won the event so it was has wobbles done much in the in the in the community since then is he a good player uh wobbles uh more more recently is commentating um oh, okay so he's, he's so he just kind of had an amazing player. he just had a legendary tournament but he's not like run of his life yeah and i don't think okay. he was okay. i don't think he was upset when he lost in the end and got second i think he was just like okay. amazed that he got second and got to where he did we need we need an about they, him yeah, we got to get a wobbles up. Who are the other care? Who are the other main characters that we didn't hit on? We talked about uh, Ken. Uh, as in, like, yeah, as in, it sucks that they couldn't interview him. I don't did know. Did he not why, want to? But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, my my guess would be something like that. I think they would. He would have if uh, yeah. more private if it was possible. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they. I'm sure they tried, but it just sucks because he is like such a big part of uh, the history of Smash. To not get anything from him, kind of was yeah. disappointing 
Chillin kind of ended up being like his voice a lot of the time. Yeah, Chillin. Chillin just kind of loves what's happening on the East Coast. Unconditionally. Yeah. I really liked uh, Chudat. I just liked his vibe. You liked Chudat? Yeah. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I thought he was so funny. That was. And he he just. Chudat is very funny. Yeah, man. I guess I beat him, man. I don't know. His lines are my favorite too. He actually, uh, one of the big criticisms, one of the biggest criticisms I heard about the doc from the Smash community was that Chudat did not get his own episode. Um, mm. Because they talk throughout most of the doc about how Chudat was just getting second, getting second, getting second, getting second right. behind Ken. And it's like, how come the guy who's getting second place for like uh, four <laughs> years <laughs> doesn't get his own episode? Because if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, right. I, so. I wrote down a a quote that I thought was Chudat, but I guess it's just about Chudat. Chudat is one of my favorite players of all time, even though I've spent a lot of my life hating him. That was a wife. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wife is well, wife's a great wife's such a good interview. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brandon Reese. The, the whole interview is actually on YouTube. Oh really? Um, oh really? Yeah. I, I Wait, how long is it? I'm kind of curious. How, uh, how long do they have I, with? Wife seems like, like someone that hours. they were able to sit down with yeah, for, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I like that the one who was the one person who like they could only interview in a parking lot, I guess. Oh, Hugs? Yeah, Hugs is the spends the entire movie Hugs, right, yeah. in a parking lot. <laughs> or it's like a strip mall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you Hugs, lose Adam Hugs. also? I, I did, yeah. I didn't know if we addressed it or not. Yeah, let's give him a second. So what's what's going on on your side of the house? Oh, my side, my side's my side's killing. They're warmer over there. Oh yeah. Uh, it's too hot. My feet are so cold. Do you have socks on? I have two pairs of socks and my slippers. Oh no. Oh jeez. Oh wow. And they're still <laughs> it's cold. It's so cold. <laughs> it's so cold in here. Damn. We gotta. Damn. I think the window needs to be fixed. Yeah, Harry, if you're listening. Harry, <laughs> get your rent when you what's, fix this damn door. What's what's the challenge again? If ten people listen to this episode, then and sub will no. If they t- listen to this episode to the point that I say the battered bastards of baseball thing, and then they tell me that I have to do it, then I okay. then I will do it. So ten people tell you. Ten people. Ten people got to tell. Yeah. Seb. No campaigning. Okay. Okay. I won't campaign. I'm not going to tell anyone, but if 10 people get no, that far in this either. episode and then say it, that would be amazing. I'd be wow. thrilled. It's worth it. I, I Yeah. What What do you think? What do you What do you think so far? And, and I don't think that's unreasonable of me to request. Like, that's possible. 18 hours? Even yeah. even if it's in 2022. Like, if it, what? If it, no. if it builds up. If one person... Seb, are you... Are, oh, I see. If, if one person right, tells okay. me tomorrow... And then oh, one person okay. tells right, me every yeah. month, then I'll do it in 10 months. Because I was going to say, Seb, are you sure you can hold out that long on watching this doc? I think. <laughs> I just know the second. I don't want to watch it, but I know the second I put it on, I'll be hooked. Can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and can we record it? And then, like, you, like, I think like I should stream it. I should and stream it. We could put it out. We can put I don't it know out if that's as an episode. <laughs> I assume it's not. <laughs> Yeah, you could probably stream your reaction watching. It'd be such a good thing to get taken down on, like a copyright takedown on Ken Brown's baseball. (laughs) The lawyer's like, are you sure? (laughs) 
Uh, okay, Ken, Azin, Korean oh, DJ. something I liked about Azin is that Mewtwo King. he's so competitive that he's Mango. He got he has records in Pokemon Puzzle Snap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Who are the two? Yeah, I'm and missing? he's like the best best in the world at that MMO game or whatever. Right. He's just and and Paper Mario or Mario Party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mario. Party. Uh, yeah. We, we talked we talked a little bit about PC Chris. Oh yeah, PC Chris. PC Chris mm. is just cool. He's a chill guy. Cool guy Chris. They're so yeah. enamored. Did that... he just leave? Sorry. Actually, I was I was wondering about PC Chris and Korean DJ. Were they just they just stopped mm. playing? Like they kind of just dropped off in the film. Yeah, they they more or less retired. Um, Korean DJ got a sponsorship because some new team organizations in like 2014 were like, oh, we want to like sponsor some of these like old legends from the documentary. So they they like Team Liquid sponsored ken and sponsored oh, cool. uh korean dj and ken actually did compete a little bit um mm. in sort of the new era um and i think still plays i think he still streams sometimes uh korean dj did not like maybe he did a little bit but i think he retired pretty quickly mm. right i like um, um that so, they they're yeah. so enamored that he could have dated the one girl in the scene that's the only time they give milk tea any airtime is like hey remember when you guys dated yeah. he's the only one who's like mature about yeah. it yeah well i mean she is too but i mean mm-hmm. seems to be and they seem like they, they had a they had a healthy breakup yeah still friends still friends but yeah, that was Milk Tea's entire characterization. <laughs> that and the the <laughs> woman section, the thirty second, like yeah. Could you speak for all women, real quick? <laughs> <laughs> PC. Oh, so is there six? Oh, it's there's one no, person I'm missing. Isn't um, there? Mewtwo King Mango. Yeah. Wait, who who have you counted? Ken, Azin, Korean DJ, Mewtwo King, Mango. PC Chris. Isaiah? Uh, we're for- oh, yeah, Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about Isaiah. I yeah. think that it's super fascinating the, like, he will try as hard as he can when he's yeah, working yeah, yeah. with other people, but he really doesn't want to. Like, it just seems like he really doesn't want to beat other people. He doesn't want yeah. them to be sad. It's, it's, oh, it's fascinating. It reminds me of uh, uh, Smile from Ping Pong. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Smiles a little bit like Isaiah and a little bit of Mewtwo King as well. Um, Peiko's very much Mango, I think. Uh, oh, we yeah. won't talk too much about Ping Pong. Because I'm for, assuming it was... It's like niche on niche on niche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Ping Pong is a, is a great, great show if anyone's listened this far. And you and it's short and it's sweet and it's maybe my favorite. You think show. anyone will listen this far? Hi, Lior. Probably not. We'll get some people. <laughs> now, we said yeah. he was Maybe, I, I, Hell yeah. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Isaiah to me is like, I mean, I think all, I think all the characters and episodes have their kind of essential through line. And it's usually shown through some, like in some symbolic way that gets me excited personally. Uh, right. Like I think, KDJ with his list, I think, is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mewtwo King, the way they show kind of the the, the way that the he game. thought about the game and the way he thought about learning. Yeah. Um, with uh, Mango, I think his, like, Evo run is is great. And um, Isaiah's, like, 
I mean, Isaiah, I guess, is like mostly His that loneliness. one. I mean, there's a couple. Well, no. Well, I mean, that's that's a common thing with him, I guess. But mm-hmm. like, uh, it is that kind of that weird relationship he has with competitiveness where everyone feels like he could be the best. We don't actually hear Isaiah talk about whether he thinks he was. We don't really hear him was talk he about how. Other than that he, weird audio, he clip? was he was interviewed, but yeah, but it looks like they were just kind of. It was just through audio and no visual. Right. Um, but Isaiah's to me felt like the most of like the story of a legend. Yeah. Right. Like, and I don't mean like this guy's great. He's a legend. I just mean like literally a legend of this man who was like, he was so good yeah. that uh, he could beat anyone if he ever wanted to. And I love at the end of his episode when they just kind of fade out with like that drawing of him that says, don't get hit. And he's just like, yeah, that's me, Isaiah, Smash <laughs> And like, he's just, I love it. I love, I love it. it. I like, I love like I get shivers whenever I see that. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, like the, uh... I just love the way. Sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I just love the way his his story is, is constructed. Yeah, he's very much like the park legend, where it's like, you're playing soccer in the park, <laughs> and there's like, yeah. you should have seen this one guy that showed up one day. It's like, I don't know, he yeah. was just dri- he was just dribbling around all of us. He kicked the ball like right through the net, like, and then we never saw him again. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he's the park legend. A girl came by, started playing even better. The ball was named after the girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was he. Um, yeah. They said that he pivoted to playing more N sixty four, which I found interesting. It almost felt like it was like he did enjoy playing, but just hated the like attention of being the best at like the most popular game so he pivoted to like the other one i don't know if that's that's how i interpret it i think he actually just likes the game more like i think he just likes smash 64 much more than he likes melee i think he likes he liked melee but his heart will always be with smash 64 i think it's right it's like that because he still he still plays smash 64 and he's still like top uh 10 basically he's been like top 10 or top 5 or whatever for like 20 years so yeah damn how close are we on wrapping up I really have to pee again maybe I have to pee either way <laughs> okay just um, go pee I feel like okay. yeah no you wanna we could end yeah, we could pee. end if you want to I don't wanna I don't wanna put pressure I don't think there's anything I feel like I haven't said that I want to say. I think I think I feel pretty good personally. I want to hit the length of the documentary. So, we have to go for another 2 hours. <laughs> so, um I don't know. What are you guys up to for the next 2 hours? Uh I was going to watch this uh baseball documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But I have a feeling I'm going to get hooked. Oh wow, we're at two and a half hours. I thought I assumed you had that wrong. What the heck? No way. It's been a while. I know we fly by. Such a fun film to talk about. Uh, I guess all all I want to say is uh, thank you guys for watching it. I, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me on to talk about it. Thanks for coming uh, on. Come again. Yeah. Oh, uh, anytime, anytime. Uh, I hope. I'm I'm like always self conscious about like did i make any sense 
any of that. Uh, I hope I made a little bit of sense. I think so. With some of the stuff. Yeah. Some of the words I said. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. At some point, you might have, you must have made a point coherently. That's true. In the That's two true. and a half hours, like <laughs> odds. So if I made one point, tweet at me my one point, the one point that I made. Luke, you, you made a lot of sense. Uh, Do you think if you oh, if thanks. you debated Albert Einstein every day, what day would you win? <laughs> about well, debated him about the Smash Talk. How do you know about theoretical physics? Um, oh, theoretical I physics. I think I would be able to. Yeah. No, I got no. I chance. would be able to beat him because, like, I get to debate him infinitely, right? So one time I would win. What about Except, basketball? So was, was that a joke, or did you actually think you could beat Michael Jordan? Every day, forever. Like it's a thousand monkeys at a you thousand typewriters. It's a thousand. You would it's, never it's infinite. Win. It's it, there's infinite possibilities. One day he's gonna. Yes, trip. and in infinite possibilities, you would always lose. That's 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 hurtful. <laughs> I would lose no, as well. I mean, anyone, I, anyone, infinite, mathematically. Seb, Seb, Seb. If you added two plus two. Um, uh, uh, infinity times. No, How many times would it be five? Because there's various, there's human. Variables. It is comparable. These are, this is a human being, and you guys treat the best as gods. These are human no. beings. <laughs> but if you tip, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I, I would just need <laughs> more to the more to the situation. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. I mean, I guess maybe if there was some way where it was in a sealed tube and there was no variables, but like one day he's going to have an allergic reaction to the shrimp he had on the way over. So if he doesn't play, gonna, I don't think that counts as him. you. Gonna, right. Well, he didn't even realize yet. No. It's like building up in his stomach, the acids. He'd and still he's going to get really sick later. Have you ever heard of the flu game? No. It was a legendary game where he makes, had. Makes he you had even better. Flu. Uh, it was in the finals against the Utah Jazz, uh-huh. and he played one of the most the best games anyone's ever played. You ever hear of the flute game? Go on. He was hit with a flute, falling from uh, the stands, and it just knocked out his equilibrium, and so they were able to get past him. And that would happen one time out of infinity. If he was playing infinity, mathematically, that would have to happen. The flute game. Uh, here's the other. Th- <laughs> here, the, the the thing about the thing about the infinity thing is that technically that flute thing would actually have to happen infinity times. Hey. Not just once. Yeah. That's that's everything happens infinity times when it's infinity. Yeah. So Seb, you would kick Michael Jordan's ass at basketball. This is what I've been saying. Times. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. It, I can Even do it any day flute. of the week. No, he, even in the flute game, he would destroy you. Any day of the week. I that was such a weird example. Hey, can I add something? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, we forgot to mention we're in the midst of our uh, Whack in the Box miniseries. Mm, but we got to it. Talking about to- toys and games. Movies that are about or based on toys and games. That's, that's why that's we're talking great. about the Smash Brothers today. Yeah, I, I oh, remember hearing it. about that on the Digimon app. Yeah. yeah. So. That was a good app, eh? Yeah, it was hey, a good Hey, shout, shout out to Heather 
Heather made us a, some great art based on the <laughs> Digimon app. Nice. But anyway, if you listen to the Digimon app episode, you'll uh, you'll understand. And shout out to Heather for listening to the podcast. Thanks, Heather. Shout um, out. Um, Thank you, Heather. Ooh, someone else. Well, Ari told me he listened to that episode as well, but I think I shouted out Ari on another episode. Emma listened to our episode on Empire Records, um, which is funny because on that episode, I said something about how Emma was excited to listen to our episode on Empire Records, but that Emma was going off the grid for a bunch of months. And oh, so that yeah. she wouldn't she wouldn't hear it for like five months. Well, took longer than five months, but thanks for listening to it, Emma. When you get to this one. Thank you, Emma. Thanks for listening to this one too. If you get to this one. <laughs> and then get to this I, I point I, in this one. I think you will. I think I think Emma will. I, think I got Emma a lot will. of faith. Tell I got me a about lot of the faith. baseball if you do. <laughs> so, you know, in advance, thanks for listening. And anyone else out there, you know, tell us if you're listening. We love to hear it. Give us a review on uh I don't know. <laughs> Where do you Good give us a review on just on, on notes on your notes app <laughs> yeah yeah. Notes. give us a review on the notes app uh yelp give um, us five stars on something rate my teacher maybe <laughs> because we want to teach you oh you know what i'm gonna do after this I, i'm gonna look up my dad <laughs> rate my teacher <laughs> five stars across the board baby i've never even thought about doing that i'm gonna do that right after this um yeah and also you know where to find Spokey your, your favorite underscore <laughs> doke twitch.tv slash what I just said. So let's go to the wackometer now. Uh, oh, yeah. scores. <laughs> Forgot about the, the pivotal, the most pivotal part. Seb, do you want to start? Three. Wackometer? Yeah, we're rating, we rate movies. Uh, you've listened to this podcast before. Yeah. Scale of uh, so one yes. to five. Zero no to five, I guess. Needed. Uh, but we rate I'm, on a but, uh, we, but, rate, we rate on a scale of whackness, not on a scale of you know how much we like or dislike. This is for the, the listener, it's, not Luke. If, it's if we think it's whack or not whack, and what does whack mean? Well, it's dependent on your definition of it. It means it's idiosyncratic. It means something different to everyone. So Seb, so five is five is very whack. Yeah. zero is not whack at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've, I thought you've listened to this podcast. You no, know, you listen. Every I'm ch- day. I'm making sure for the for the listeners. <laughs> Why are you getting so mad? You, it, this needs to be clear to the listener. Luke has listened infinity times. I'm the surrogate. <laughs> I'm the surrogate. Luke, three, if you face if you three, faced uh three, if you faced three, cereal in a podcast three. battle of infinity times, how many times do you think you'd win? <laughs> Well, that depends. Do I have a flute that I can <laughs> What if you sabotage cereal <laughs> in melee? Ooh. Keep in mind she's never played Cereal? Uh... <laughs> the podcast? Yeah, she's never played the once host? melee. Uh I don't think I could beat her. Maybe once in infinity. Um okay, whack whack a meter. Yeah. Um I will give I will give uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a one and a half out of five. Whackness. Wow. Wow. You don't think it's very whack? It's like, I think it's. I think it was definitely whack, whack stuff. But I don't think it's like overwhelmingly whack. You bring a one and a half to our podcast on the day of our daughter's wedding. 
Uh, maybe I should have been given more context about what a, saying a one and a half is going to lead to. Versus... Bad I don't know. It's your, it's your is your pit is your is your choice. I don't know. Give away. I mean, you should uh, know I, that I, you get you get that's a trophy what I... at the end of a mini series if you have the wackest movie. So, but you've already given it a one and a half. So <laughs> I'll get. <laughs> There's so many rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And they all are very specific and important. And, you know, we got it's all nailed down perfectly. Exactly what it means after 70 episodes. We know everything exactly as it should be. No questions asked. Anyway, I'll give the movie a... Um, yeah, 3.5 actually. No, the 12. <laughs> it's way off the scale. Uh, make make it a 12 and then I'll get that trophy. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is pretty... Uh, maybe a 3. Like, I, I think it's... um. I don't know. I think it's pretty unique. I think it's very... Uh, uh, one of a kind. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've said so many words on this already that uh, I don't feel like I need to give a big spiel at the end here. I think it's a good film. Um, with a lot of uh, redeeming qualities. And uh, could it be Whacker? Of course. Doesn't use a lot of, like, cinematic techniques for, like, you know, trying something so out of the box. But I think uh, that's A-OK for what the film's trying to accomplish. And I think it accomplishes it really well. I'm trying to go on as long as I can so we can get to uh, four out of half hours. I have to yeah, pee... I just, I just have one question. Like, what does whackness mean to you guys? I think whatever it means understand. on that given day. Usually, what I does think it mean of to you today. Usually, I think of whackness Three. as like. Okay, <laughs> Seb does this thing where he never describes any of his scores. He just says the score. Uh-huh. It's really, it's a good bit. Uh, I support it, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh. I usually, I mean, I've said this before on other episodes, which you've obviously listened to, but just to review it mm-hmm. for the listener. Yeah, for uh, new listeners, yeah. It's usually for me, like, I don't know, if I feel like the film is trying something really different or or unique or challenging. Um, but my fellow hosts rate on their own, for their own reasons as well. We're all, it's all different. I don't know. It means a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, and there you have it. We did the Smash Brothers. Yes. Luke, are you are you upset at Seb? No, not at all. Not at oh, all. Oh, really? Okay. There I, you go. I Seb. love See? I love Seb even more. I feel like I was being a sourpuss. Uh, no. Don't I, all I, jump I, in I, at once I, to I, say I'm not a sourpuss. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seb. I, I love you. He thinks I'm a sa- he thinks I'm a sourpuss, folks. I just said I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Luke. I love you. Yo. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> That's all you got? Yeah, you're. You might as well. You, too, man. you might as well say it on the pod. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know if it, I need to say it. On prove the pod. it. Just prove like once it. and for all. Like I don't know. This is like a good place like to record. Just like you could just say it. Yeah, I'll call. I'll call you after, and then we'll do it. Then. No, but we're recording now. Like you're on mic. Yeah. So I'll. 
But what if you just said, what if you just said, I love you, like right now, like just like you know, it doesn't have to take too long. Oh, so it's oh, so it's like it could be towards anyone. I you will say towards me. Say you maybe you preface it with Adam, or like you say I love you, and then say Adam. Or or I can just say it into your direction. Uh, yeah, but people might be like a little in, confused. Like they might think you're talking to someone else. That's okay though. Like let them. Think well, they, yeah, but why why leave it up to why leave it up to you know interpretation? Like why not just be kind of direct about it? Okay. You know, Adam, so they, I love you, and I'm very proud of you. Why? Why? No, I mean, thanks. I can get into why. Okay, sure. But I don't know. This, the, <laughs> the, the, this might not be the um, Yeah, I'll tell you why after. Okay. I mean, I mean, uh, it's not, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well. If people want to want in on that, yeah, they got to listen to my part two. Next time oh, I come yeah. on, I'll, I'll, I'll get into why I'm so proud of Adam. And then and then and then we'll we'll dive mm. in there. That's a good idea for a bonus and I'll episode. find a movie. I'll if find ten, a movie that that suits that. If ten people message Luke saying yes. that you got this far and and that you want to hear why wow. Luke is proud of me, um, that's right. I think that'd be a great opportunity to come back on and yeah, and, you know, explain. I'd be happy to. I'd be honored to. Okay. Honored. Humble. All right. Well, uh, you know, thanks for listening to another episode of uh, Is It Whack? Uh, you can go to insomniacfestival.com or at insomniacfest on Instagram or insomniac underscore fest on Twitter to learn more about us. Insomniac the movie comes out this Saturday. So go to our website. Or sorry, this Sunday. Oh, my gosh. This Sunday. But also this is coming out after, right? No, this is coming out this Wednesday. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Nice, yeah. nice. So sweet. If oh, this is a big app. This, then. yeah, this is a big app. The pre-movie app. You should have mentioned this at the beginning. Of the show. <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, it'll be Sunday by the time anyone gets this far in the episode. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, if you are still listening, uh, yeah, come and and watch Insomniac the movie uh, on Sunday. Uh, thank you to Emma Kudlack for the logo. Thank you to Ian Mills for the music. And next week is my pick. And you know what I'm picking? No. What's that? Super Mario Bros. Whoa! Nice. That's right. <laughs> you know whose pick? You know whose pick it is? It's a me. Uh, Atomos. It's a me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. You got any more jokes to end this thing off? Wait, Seb, who's your main? Who was your main? You huh? never said. Who's your main? Link. Yeah, who are you going to beat Mango with? Oh, nice. Nice, Link. Nice. Normal Link, not Toon shit. Link, not uh, Young Link. Young Link. No, I like the main, just plain Link. Nice. Nice. All right, well, uh, see you all later. How did the movie end? We always end how the movie ends. Um. Uh. We're just relaxing. We're leaning back. Uh, you guys can go for another hour, right? What if we yeah, did I the end? What if we feel like we've been did- ending for twenty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you guys gotta be? Come on. The end is probably like ba da ba ba da ba ba.
But I just think, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, we ended and then we went on for another two hours? Okay, bye. <laughs> How's the movie end? You just did it. It was funny. Ba da ba ba da ba ba. Oh yeah. Do, do we stop? Do we stop? Do we stop? Yeah. yeah stop. <laughs> Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>